Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold! Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong! And some other motherfuckers. The further down the ocean. Ah, you fucked it up. Welcome to Silver and Gold. Guess who's back, ladies and gentlemen? It is I, the loaf. With me, as always, the good doctor, Mr. Dr. Zom. And a couple special guests this week. We got from the glorious west coast of Canada, CDR. Oh, yeah. And for the third week in a row, the artist formerly known as McLarge Huge, Mr. Jake. They, I've been here for three weeks and they won't let me leave. I'm very cold. (sighs) (laughs) It's very dark. Dirty socks stuffed right in his mouth. Yeah, uh, I'm in the suitcase. So did we did we pick a new name for you yet? Do we have a? Ah uh, shit! I don't pick my own nicknames. Actually, I did for my last one. I shouldn't say that. Uh, um, but I'll leave it up to uh, the good people uh, and the uh, uh, Sylvan Gold uh, fan base. We'll have a we'll have a karaoke contest. It'll take two months Ooh. for three people to enter, and the winner can choose your name. <laughs> yes. Man, he's back. Um, the bitterness is back. Everything's back. So, yeah, the bitterness <laughs> has never left. Um, yeah, I had a long, long trip out of the uh, out of the country. Got lost around Albuquerque, um, but I'm Wait, back. Was that this a week, Looney Tunes reference. It was. It was. Yeah. I must the um, knew I should have taken that left turn. The um, we didn't. We're not doing any <laughs> movie reviews. Per se, this week, we decided to, this week, uh, bring on the guests, and we're going to do our uh, top 20 uh, movies we saw for the first time in the year of 2013. Um, I don't know if any of you guys put 2013 movies in there, but I did not, but whatever. It's all good. If you want to do it, you want to do it. So uh, we don't, I guess we won't really go into what we've been watching and all that shit, but here at the top of the show... um, I do know that uh, our guests would like to, and and I think Jake did tease it a little bit on the last, maybe two episodes ago. I don't know about last week because I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, But uh, um, you guys wanted to uh, let everybody know, all of our 14 listeners, uh, maybe a project you have in the works. Yeah, I mean, uh, we figured we'd save it for a special occasion. I can't think of anything more special than this occasion. Um, I can't. I know, and um, so I gotta take a shit later. That might be more special. Yeah, Did we just probably. lose somebody. We just lost somebody, didn't we? Oh no, no, I can't make the announcement if we've lost someone. No, we're still good. Right. I'm, I'm here. Oh, <laughs> I'm here. No, I'm at the other. Oh, I'm, I'm right here. Oh, oh, Sammy <laughs> dropped off. Yeah, but 
Oh, okay. Um, so I'm uh, I'm I'm going to be part of a, a new podcast along with uh, a gentleman who has risen from the ashes like a phoenix. Uh, f- Stop it. Um, look alike. <laughs> uh, from the Mill Creeps, um, our fellow uh, co-host here, uh, CDR, and we're going to do a podcast. Yay! Um, yeah, man, we're going to do a podcast. It's going to be called The Cult of Muscle. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, it oh. doesn't matter what it means, brother. Um, it's it's going to be a, a podcast that skews heavily towards action films. That's going to be our bread and butter. Oh, um, well, I get it now. But, you know, we're going to be loosey-goosey with it. You know, cover some random shit, things that strike oh. our fancy. Probably not going to be, uh, you know, Spike Jones movies or anything like that, but... You know, good genre shit, and uh, you, you'll you'll be uh, looking forward to that uh, pretty pretty damn soon, I'd say. What do you say, First Chris? Episode: Bridges of Madison County. Yes, nice. Clint Eastwood <laughs> pounding that old pussy. Yep. <laughs> it took me a long damn time to see that one on so. the kitchen floor. Yeah, it'll be yeah. like um, you know, uh, an episode every eleven days. We're gonna cover like six and a half movies. Uh, finish up the other half the following week. It'll be fun. It'll be good stuff. I'm confused. Good structure. <laughs> well, how is everybody? I, I know I've been gone. Uh, I, mean, I, I did say that I just had some uh, some personal shit to tend to, so that's why I had to uh, couldn't couldn't get the scheduling worked out and all that. But um, Zom, how have you been? I I, I uh, have been listening to two weeks ago, but uh, fucking you've been great. doing all right, sir. It's a fucking great. <laughs> fucking yeah, great. Um, how about you guys? Jake? Oh yeah, you're getting ready to make the big trip. Make a big. Well, it's not. It's sort of a big. But four fucking hours. That's right now. You know how I always get about like going somewhere and I start talking myself out of it. Uh, I've been doing that are, now. So. Are you there yet? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm going. You know you're gonna have a ball. Ken Joe's gonna be there. Ken's gonna be there. Yeah, Ken's super cool. He can't pass that shit up. Nah. The Cinemascus might be there. Cinemascus uh, might be there. Randy and Lisa are going to be feeding you guys. Stone Cold will be there. <laughs> you should go to the. Um, you should go to the Spy Museum. Yeah, it was really. It was. It was really a lot of fun. I well, went we're there. Gonna, we're going to hit a lot of hot spots. Yeah, nice. and their uh, their little comic museum is really nice. You'll probably get a get a kick out of that. I get a, a kick lot of out good of shit that. there. Yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. Cool town. I'm much much cooler than I would think. I mean. Shit, you know, media kind of shapes our mind. And, (laughs) you know, the wire kind of permanently altered how I viewed Baltimore, but it's actually a pretty uh, sweet ass city. I thought it was a hell pit. I thought it was a hell pit of murder and streets full of drugs. It's not? I I don't even want to go there. Misery, rage, and hobo tears. Right. Well, Jake, how have you been, sir? Oh, uh, I've been good. I mean, about as good as I was, um, uh, like five days ago. When <laughs> Not, yeah, we we yeah. talked about a uh, footloose and an officer and gentleman, uh, as as a nice appetizer before we talked about politics. <laughs> uh, from what I understand, it was uh, about fifty fifty. Fifty yes. fifty. Yeah, fifty <laughs> percent of the, the podcast was politics. I'm looking forward to the uh, two hours of politics talking. 30 minutes of movie reviews. I, I had my coworker, this this silly, silly young man, tell me that his friend is a studying chemical engineering, and he, he told me on good authority that his friend 
on good authority said that fracking is is not bad for the environment. It's actually very clean. And, it is. Uh, they, That's they why we keep so having deep. earthquakes in West Virginia. And we've <laughs> never had one ever in the entire time I was alive until they started fracking. They, they dig so deep that, you know, no yeah. chemicals can get out or anything. It's the truth. Yeah. So rest assured, everyone. It's, it's going to be Is that what the they politics were you talking about was fracking? They need to frack because it's the only way that Jesus will come up out of the ground and <laughs> take us all no. off to the land or was of that, was that Was that Santa Claus? Jesus <laughs> loves I'm confused. fracking juice. Loves to spray it all over Mary Magdalene's tits. I don't think you were talking about fracking in particular, but it is it on the subject. sodomy laws and stuff like that. Oh, uh, okay. I need to listen. Maybe maybe I will someday. Almost right wingers douchebags and assholes. The movies are much better than the episode you're listening to. Oh, God. Oh, Chris, Chris, I haven't talked to you in a little longer. have you been, sir? I've been very good. Very, very good. I'm stoked All to right. do a new podcast. <laughs> I'm stoked to count down the top 20 neocon pundits this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All of our favorite neoconservative gentlemen. Don't spoil it. And ladies. There's a, a lady or two in there, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. And we won't we won't just keep rambling on here. Um, why don't we just take a quick break and we'll get right into it. We're gonna break the show up into um, three segments. I think we're gonna kind of power through our twenty through. We should have eleven one then. Why? Seven, seven, and seven. Three segments. I like ten, five, and five. Okay, whatever. Motherfucker. Yeah. So uh, uh, twenty through twenty through eleven, ten through six. Five through one. Um, so we'll take a quick break, break and come back and uh, get into some uh, movie talk. We'll be right back. Hi, this is famous Hollywood producer, Robert Evans. You know, I've made a lot of powerful enemies during my time in Hollywood. Like the time I pushed Steve McQueen in front of a moving car on the set of The Getaway because he was macking on my lady, Allie McGraw. But I've made one great friend, a boffo friend, if you will, since I retired. It's called Show Show, and it's the best fucking movie podcast ever. It's even better than cocaine, which I would know a lot about. Visit Show Show at showshow.podomatic.com or search Show Show, all one word, in the iTunes store. Some movies, some classics, and some not-so-classics. I remember I had Dolomite on my list last year, and I don't think I have anything that fun this time. Oh, well, you're not a very fun person. Well, maybe I do. We'll see. Yeah, yeah I'm sure you um, do. So I've already already set up the order here. Like I said, we're just going to power through our uh, our 20 through 11. If anybody wants to... Like you know, interrupt or you know, say that movie's terrible or whatever. Just feel free. 
Um, and we're going to start with Mr. Chris here. Wait, Mr. Chris, that's a different show. <laughs> um, Oops. Oopsie-daisy. Ooh, that was a beer. Sure was. What's the, you what's like it the, out of the can? You get a can or, bo- or bottle? Tall boys, motherfucker. What's the Ooh, brand? That's, can, Canadians love the tall boys. PBR? <laughs> uh, no, it is uh, Steamworks <laughs> Pale Ale. It's a Vancouver. Oh, yeah, that sounds, Ooh, fancy, that sounds fancy. fancy, yeah. Kind of fancy. I just cracked open a nice, uh, tall uh, Pepto-Bismol bottle and took a swig. So. Yeah, <laughs> like the 80s cop movies. I'm living on that <laughs> yeah. shit lately. All right, so CDR, let's get into it. What's your, uh, well, what, let's, let's get into your list here. Number 20. So, so how much am I... Uh, like going into this stuff, am I just gonna what, give what, you director? However, whatever, you, whatever you want, whatever you want, man. All right, yeah. You're set. You're, you're setting the pace guest. here. Okay. Well, the first one, number twenty, is uh, a bona fide piece of shit called uh, <laughs> Grotesque from 1988. Uh, Ooh. St- Wait, direct- is that Linda Blair? Yes, starring yeah. Linda Blair, Tab Hunter, Ooh. Ooh, uh, with a. Dude. I don't think so. She might, but I don't remember. It's what? Early in the year, so. Wrong with her. It does have a uh, small turn from Robert Zadar. I don't think he has any dialogue, but he's dressed up as the world's buffest <laughs> punk. He's got a mohawk. And... It'd be cool if he ate her pussy. Wait, that's <laughs> that, man. He went from he went from punk cameo with no lines to the jaw from Tango and Cash in like a year. Yeah, yeah. He, this is like a, a home invasion deal, or at least it starts out that way. It's like a gang of punks break into a house and start to vandalize it and whatnot and then it uh kind of turns into a slasher movie because there's any a raping uh, yeah i think there is there <laughs> is, is blair uh, <laughs> is blair one of the punks or is she the victim she's a victim she's got oh okay yeah. well, uh, there's, well, basically you know. she's there, she's got someone else living in her house that uh you know turns the tables on the invaders and Sunny you know, Chiba. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs> he rips the Darth nuts off and sticks him in his doorman, Sonny Chiba. Rips his nuts off, rips his rib out, and makes a little like baby toy out Pulls of it. Pulls his yes. chin off and just beats the fuck out all of them. He makes a, he makes a balloon animal, a giraffe, out of, uh, out of his intestines. <laughs> yeah. uh, nice. Number 19 is uh, Rulers of the City, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Scarface, uh, Fernando DeLeo. I've Starring too. Jack Palance, Palance, Al Cliver. Uh, Al Cliver, very, uh, very slick in this movie. He's got got the beard. He always looks better with a beard. Um, but the standout is Harry Bear, uh, who plays Tony. It's like a, basically he's a mob loan collector, and this is uh, it's not like Deleo's other stuff because it's not really a. It's about low level criminals rather than sort of the organized crime dudes. They're trying to sort of break into the mob and. Uh, the lead is very fucking cocky and if awesome. If DeLeo makes a new movie, I'm going to star in it. It's going to be called Mr. Fat Stomach. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's uh, fast paced. There's some uh, lots of shenanigans. A lot more comedic than his other stuff. And it's the finale is fucking awesome. I realized as I was going through my list, I hardly watched any Eurocrime the whole last year. Yeah, me neither. That was one of the standouts. Yeah. Um, You know what I did? I need to add it to my list. Shit. (laughs) All right. I'll edit that out later. Carry on. (laughs) (laughs) Number 18 is, uh, this is Love Territory. Uh, It's a Mexican film from 1988 
called uh, Don't Panic from Ruben Galindo Jr. And I must have watched this fucking movie three or four times this year. It is so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's it's quality if he directed it, but I don't know if I've seen that one. What's the name of it again? It's called Don't Panic. It's it's sort of a Nightmare on Elm Street ripoff. Oh, and, uh, oh, is it? Wait, is it the the dude in the in the in the, in the woods with the with You're, like the claw? Ma- the yes, I've seen this. Dino this PJs. Is a piece of shit. Yes. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Oh boy! There is a twenty-three-year-old uh, man who's playing like a thirteen-year-old boy uh, running around in light blue. A blue pe- uh, Sorry, that's my call button. <laughs> Should we be concerned? <laughs> Are you dying? Jesus. I wasn't even laughing. I mean, I just fucking had a bit. <laughs> I'm like, He's out. He's out. Zom's out. <laughs> I have emphysema from all the cigarettes. <laughs> uh, anyways, this movie is great. And if you like... Uh, Men dressed as children, talking like children, and then having sex for some reason. That's a uh, nice sound. And destroying their bedrooms in dinosaur PJs, then you'll love this movie. It's amazing. <laughs> and dressed yeah. like children and talking like children. Horror do yourself a favor. 2014. <laughs> do yourself a favor and track down um, a bunch of the uh, Stiglitz movies that he did. Back, like Any of the horror movies he did in the 80s and 90s were all pretty terrible. You might like those too. Well, yeah, he did He did do the... I have the other one that he he did with Ruben Galindo Jr. I think it's uh, House Next to the Cemetery. Or no, no, not that one. I can't remember what it's called. Something to do with the cemetery. It looks pretty great too. It's got lots that of... One- that one has a lot of him driving around. Oh, like, really? There'll be like there'll be like two minute shots of him just like driving a car with no, with no sound at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna make my way through the uh, Galindo family filmography, so <laughs> I'll see it eventually. Uh, I just next one say, up. I, uh, I I apologize. I was laughing so hard I knocked over my microphones. So. <laughs> if, uh, if there's a lot of bullshit that you just heard, uh, that's because of me, and I apologize. I for one will own up to my uh, loud noise shenanigans, unlike yeah, some like other said. people who guest on podcasts. <laughs> what? Huh? I'll just say it straight up front, motherfuckers. I'm a man. Uh, very vague. Yeah, that was a little vague. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I don't. Uh, I don't listen to any other podcasts, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> continue, co-host. Sorry. <laughs> uh, next up, number seventeen uh, is an Umberto Lenzi joint uh, called Nightmare Beach from 1989, oh, aka boy. Welcome to Spring Break. Motherfucker. <laughs> this is uh this is Umberto Lenzi's take on Spring Breakers. Um stars nice. a, a guy running around in a it's kinda like a ripoff of Shocker, actually, Wes Craven's Shocker. There's a guy in a motorcycle helmet who was, I guess, executed at the beginning. And the plot doesn't really matter. It's just it takes place in Fort Lauderdale. In the '80s, so you get a lot of awesome '80s clothes. And uh, you know, I remember somebody. Put, I remember this discussion on our group. Yes, I posted about yeah, it not yeah, too long yeah. ago. Uh, there's lots of face torchings and awesome, awesome '80s show. clothes, otherwise known to loaf as 2014's clothes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now, right now, I'm wearing a Doctor Who T-shirt and just gray pants. I'm wearing nothing '80s at all. <laughs> Dude, you all right? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Puts it, rub some cheese on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or some Pepto. Mm, 
I wonder if you just it's you know like some alcoholics when their liver gets so bad they give themselves like wine enemas. If you could just oh cut out Is the that middle a thing? man, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like butt chugging. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. It's it's easy Wait, to you, die. Are you talking from about that. alcoholic co- like college kids? Yeah. Well, no. Like no. I'm picturing I'm like, like Charles Bukowski with a fucking yeah, like that red <laughs> wine enema. It's very easy to die from that because it just soaks right into your bloodstream. Yeah. You know? But I want what I my point. See, there's always a point. The point is, can you cut out the middleman, your mouth and your stomach, and just give yourself a Pepto enema? Well, see, the thing about Pepto though is that it works on the stomach too. So I needed to go. I needed to start at least above that. Pepto. God, I love Pepto. It's amazing. I drink so much of it now. I got like a tongue like the color of a chow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Continue. Okay. Uh, Number sixteen. Bell from Hell. Uh, from 1973, uh, directed by Claudio Guerin, uh, but finished by uh, <laughs> Javier Bardem's uncle. Always That's a sign a of a good sign. movie. Yeah. yeah. Actually, the interesting thing about this movie is um, the director on the last day of shooting uh, fell from the famous bell tower in the movie and died. Jesus oh. Christ. And Javier Bardem's uncle is the one who pieced it together. Uh, piece the footage together, and it turned out to be a pretty good movie. It's it's did about a guy. Piece the director back together. Yes, you did. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty style. I don't know what you guys are laughing about. <laughs> and his uncle. I'm sure he was broken hearted back in 1973 when he was eight or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's about a guy, a young guy who gets out of an insane asylum and takes vengeance on his shitty family, and it's awesome, and it's got weird effects and. Sort of a surreal tone to it, and it was one of the first movies we re- reviewed on the Mill Creeps. Nice. Wait, what's that? Mill what? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. That was on episode two, the final episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's really nice. It's really, it's really fucking nice. Yeah, <laughs> this uh, is a great start. I'm loving it. Jake's gonna throw up. It's amazing. <sighs> Next up, number fifteen, uh, one false move, uh, directed by Carl Franklin from 1992. Uh, some other podcast reviewed this, and I think they liked it. I can't uh, remember what what is that movie? One false move. What what what's the deal with it? <laughs> what's it the is, deal? What's the problem, what, dude? What is the deal with one false move? Uh, this it's uh, Carl Franklin. He did a couple um, Denzel Washington ne- like neo noirs in the late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, this one's uh, written by Billy Bob Thornton, co-starring Billy Bob Thornton. Stars Bill Paxton. Yeah, uh, yeah, I watched that at they work. They could get uh, Billy Bob Thornton to star. <laughs> he is Billy Bob Thornton's. I mean, he's played some slimy motherfuckers, but mm-hmm. th- this is his slimiest. Uh, it's got his, some uh, uncomfortable deaths in it. Yeah, oh, the opening is fucking yeah. rough. It, it's like the rest of the movie are just kind of on edge because you don't know what's going to happen because anything can and that's sort mm-hmm. of it, it. You never know what's going to happen throughout the movie, and that kind of makes it great. But uh, Bill Paxton is he's. Like this is one of his ultimate sort of uh, rube roles. Uh, he has some, <laughs> some great rube moments in this. And, <laughs> uh, he's pretty awesome. Um, all right, we need a rube-like character. Get 
me Paxton. Get me Paxton. Get me Paxton. Oh, you got me Pullman. Damn it. I've been wanting to watch Weird Science again lately. You should do it. I watched nice Ferris Bueller instead the other night because it was available on instant. I have to dig. I have to dig for my Weird Science DVD. I've been too lazy mm. to do that. Well, Ferris Bueller's got like kind of a science. mean edge to it. Yeah. Something about you it. Ever heard, you ever hear the, the theory that, that uh, Ferris doesn't exist and that he just Cameron's like alter ego? Yes. Yeah, I'd heard that before. I, I think watched I'd it like this it time thinking that. It. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah. Anyway, con- sorry, Chris, continue. It's all right. Uh, Number 15, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> is it 14? Is it 14 or 15? I don't remember. I lost. I think it's 14. Yes. You just did the one with Paxton. Yeah. All right. Uh, next <laughs> up is the Beaver Trilogy from, well, <laughs> it, says, it says 2000. Hey, now listen, if you're not going to be serious about this. From the box of porn from Zom's Den. Fuck a duck. So is it actually a trilogy of movies or what? It's a What's trilogy. the deal? What's the deal with the beavers? Um, it's... <laughs> I don't know. Um, what is the deal with Linda Blair and Rick James? <laughs> what? I'm looking at pictures of Linda Blair and Rick James. They must have been Coke friends. Nice. <laughs> Actually, so have you not seen this, Loaf? Because this seems like something uh-uh. you would like. I don't know that one. Okay, it's directed from Trent by Trent Harris. It says it's from 2000, but it's actually it's they started filming it in 1979. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> okay, so what the deal is? It's it's three short films. Uh, the first of which is uh, a documentary about a guy he discovered in a parking lot who is an Olivia Newton-John personator, and uh, the guy ended up setting up a local talent show just so he could do his Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> Uh, impression and it's oh shit Elizabeth Daly's in it kind of oddly depressing in a way but also funny and then he remade his own documentary a few years later with uh, Sean Penn playing the uh, (laughs) the character let me tell you something Uh, once you've done this podcast nothing is oddly depressing (laughs) (laughs) Um, so the guy calls himself Groovin Gary or Groovin Larry and uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also calls himself uh i can't re- olivia newton something he's got like olivia newton don yeah that's it oh yeah. my god that's awesome so yeah they they remake the documentary with sean penn playing the character so you get to see sean penn doing an olivia newton john impression no he's not and then they remade it a third time as more of a cinematic version with Crispin Glover in the starring role. Nice. And uh, the whole thing is weird and surreal. And did 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 Elizabeth Daly show her tits? I don't think there's any tits. If Fuck. Sean Penn and Crispin Glover's tits. I like her so much. <laughs> I like Elizabeth so Daly. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. It sounds interesting. I have to check that one out. Yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, I don't know. It's it's probably even better if you're in the the green zone. Oh, nice. That's been a while. It's Matt Damon. Yes, that's one. If you're in the safe zone of Iraq, it's the movie to watch. <laughs> um, next up, Eyes Without a Face. Um, this was a big list of shame movie for me. I I don't know why I hadn't gotten to it. Uh, Never seen it either. No. It's very it's good. funny that I've, I've I've seen like I saw your first three movies, but not this one. 
Uh, yeah, this one's great. It's, uh, you know, you can see um, the the influence on El Motivar for, uh, what was it, Skin I Live In? Is that the movie did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to that. The doctor is sort of trying to, to uh, replace his daughter's face. And, uh, yeah, it's, huh. it's really... Um, Really uh, atmospheric, and it's it's a really good horror movie. Artsy, didn't, too. Didn't we review a turd movie not too long ago where uh, Cushing was uh, fucking... Rip- yeah, what was that called? That was called... It had one word, craze or something. Yeah, like I picked that, that one. No, craze was Chuku. Uh, was that, uh, I don't remember what it's or called. What? I don't remember. Whatever. No, I think... I, no, Chu- Chuku. Maybe that was Chuku. I'll look it up. Anyway, continue. Ouch! Next up, Sorry. number what is this? Twelve, yeah, number twelve. Uh, the outfit from nineteen seventy three, mm, uh, directed by John off. Flynn, written by Donald E. Westlake, aka Richard Stark, and uh, starring Robert Duvall, who I think is my favorite version of the Parker character, uh, and that says a lot because there's some there's been some heavy hitters who've played him. But uh, in high school, I was a big fan of the. I think I had the first four Parker novels. And I read them several times over, and he's one of my favorite crime characters. And this, I like the sort of stripped down nature of this one. It's not flashy, and it's not you know Borman's movie. It tends to be a little surrealistic, but this one's just sort of a straight up tough guy flick. And and uh, Duvall's fucking awesome as always. Oh, he's great. He sure is. Uh, the Cushing movie was called Carnage or Corruption. Yeah, yeah Corruption. That's mm. the name. The Cush. Number 11, Army of Shadows. Yes. Jean Pierre Melville. Uh, This is my first Melville, and unfortunately, I'm ashamed to say that it's still my first Melville. I haven't gotten (laughs) back to it. I was determined, bound and determined to watch more of his stuff after I watched this, but just haven't gotten around to it yet. You know, I watched that one this this past year, too, and I think when I watched it, I have the Blu ray, but I still watched it on my iPad when I had the flu. So it's like it didn't even, it didn't make an impact on my list. When I just, when you said Mm. it, I just realized it because I I saw it not under perfect circumstances. Well, I mean, it's a slower pace movie. Um, it it you can kind of see the influence uh, from Japanese cinema on that movie. Uh, the mm-hmm. Same way you can see, sort of see it in with Samurai, like the uh, the pacing and all, the sort of stark visual design of it and stuff like that. And yeah, it's, I mean it's it's a long movie uh, and it's slow, but it's it's fucking captivating from start to finish. So nice. I'm looking forward yeah. to seeing more from him. Cool, nice little list there, uh, Jake. Let's get into yours. All right, uh, number twenty. On my uh, list is Sledgehammer, yeah. uh, it's a, a David A. Pryor film starring. <laughs> Still not seen this one. Young Charge, Ted Pryor. I um, there was a a get together this past summer up in uh, Hocking Hills, Ohio, and um, I had a lot to drink the first night we were there. What? Uh, <laughs> I had a lot to drink, and this was after we watched like. Uh, Maximum Overdrive and Class of 1999 and uh, Undefeatable. So were you, we were, were uh, you deep into the swaying mode? Were you sway like you're on a ship? I, even though I had you're gone on dry land. That. Oh, yeah, ooh, I, Jesus. I, I had gone way past that. That was a rare night for me. I usually don't drink that much, but, you know, when in Hocking Hills. You, know, you had to drown was, out the fact that someone took your bed. 
Do as the hawkers do. What? Yeah, exactly. Hawking Hills, do as the hawkers do. Exactly. Now, this movie is fucking terrible, but the main reason it's <laughs> the main reason it's on the, the list is it, it was a, it was an incredible experience because I was you know I, I was well past the swaying phase, um, and this movie is just so incredibly inept. But it's inept in a way that the that the movie almost transcends itself into a super surreal like nightmarish kind of movie where you know the entire time i'm watching i'm like what is happening one of these days you'll watch what is going on yeah yeah, one of these days you'll you'll watch it sober and you're like i can't believe i put that on my list (laughs) man you gotta see this movie it's so fucking (laughs) it's so freaky and then you'll everybody will be watching and be like what the fuck well actually i i did i i did watch it um the last night i was there once again to kind of make sure i remembered everything right (laughs) and like it it is strange because it it starts out as like a really dumb slasher but then gets very um even uh like like you're dealing with like like alternate dimensions and like a, uh, a killer that'll disappear and reappear in rooms that will like rearrange themselves like it is a weird ass movie, but I think because of the experience, you know, I felt obliged. Do what? Who brought that movie to Hawking Hills? Uh, Matsuzaka. Oh, and actually, well, actually, well. Matsuzaka is responsible for a couple movies on my list. Nice, <laughs> go figure. Uh, but yeah, Sledgehammer. He's a he's a cool dude. He's a, he's a cool cat. He made a very yeah, nice. But, uh, um, deep underneath, he's an odd duck. Well, it doesn't matter. He he makes a really good uh uh pasta casserole thing. Hot duck. It was delicious. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you badmouth him, dude. It's I'm not badmouthing him. I like duck. This is my this is my friend. This is. This I shared a friend. bed with him before you, Zom. Ooh, awkward. Oh, wonder it wasn't. Shit. It seemed like something was wrong. <laughs> uh, let's see here, number nineteen, uh, Terror Train. <laughs> Uh, I you, guys are, the, you guys are making me like regret. Like, like my list doesn't have any hardly anything trashy on it. Loves has all this like <laughs> well, uh, fucking. He he's like Will. He wants like all his friends to like him or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's cool. Maybe Thinks he's so transgressive. Should, should we pause it? Anyway, continue. Oh, see, here's the thing with my list. Like, I don't keep track of my movies. So literally, what I did was I looked through <laughs> my Netflix history. I looked at what I covered on the podcast that I did. And then I walked around the house and tried to find movies that I may have bought this year. Nice. So These it's are really... all movies that Jake watched while he wasn't washing dishes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I wasn't and watching the other... either oh, yeah, the, the Marine 2 or... Next oh, week, God we're having uh, the top 20 movies that you listen to but have never watched. <laughs> yes, exactly. There you go. Um, and I watched uh, Terror Train because I got the... Um, Nice little uh, uh, Scream Factory disc, uh, and uh, yeah, this is a good fun. It, it was it was um, like the the ending of the movie where we kind of get like the killer doing his like big speech and everything was like surprisingly like effective and really unnerving and creepy. And then he started spinning around like a weirdo, and then it just kind of shattered that little moment. But it's got Ben Johnson in it. Yeah, there you know? go. Yeah, it's good shit. Good actor. You should follow that mm-hmm. up or check out Night Train to Terror. Night That's Train to lot. Terror. Yes. <laughs> I've that seen movie, that. That movie is great. <laughs> it's an Isn't anthology that, that has film. The, the different segments. Uh, okay. Yes, like it's an music anthology. video shit and all that. Yeah. Oh, 
Well, that it's just awful. sounds awesome. It's awful in, in the best way. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see here. Number 18, Tenement or Game of Survival. Uh, and this is a movie, um, as it says, a drug selling and violent street gang terrorizes the renters of big trashy apartment house. Um, my brother, he, he used to be a manager at a Hollywood video back when I was in high school. And, um, uh, yeah, I'd go there and, you know, I would just look at movies and shit. And this one always kind of stood out to me and I just never saw it for some reason. And like, for whatever reason the, the cover of it, like really unnerved me, like made me think like, Oh God, this is, a, this is a dangerous movie. This is like dangerous. a, like a violent movie, yeah. like a really violent movie. Yeah. I don't know. It's just something about the um, uh, uh, one dude in his uh, sunglasses just kind of freaked me out. And I could see his little pecs sticking out. I don't know. For some reason, I found that um, aggressive and threatening. Um, no need to call Freud or anything like that. Floyd. Um, Floyd. Think Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I, I Ooh, already Jake, lost track. You have uh, such nice hair. <laughs> uh, uh, number 17, Occult is My Passport. Um, this was, uh, this is part of the Nikatsu Noir set, um, that Criterion released some time ago, and, uh, for whatever reason, it took me a while to get around to this, and this is just a really cool, uh, stylish, you know, uh, Hitman movie, really. He's got all, uh, Chipmunk Cheeks himself, Joe Shishido, and, uh, <laughs> it's... Cyber was Chipmunk Cheeks. No, man. Joe Shishido's got him beat. Like, yeah, he has actual cheek implants. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, for serious, he did. Well, what's that mean? Cheek he got, implants? He, yeah, he got he got cheek implants. Yeah, he got cheek puffier, puffier cheeks. Uh, yeah, but this is just a super cool movie. This is almost um, <laughs> like uh, I don't know if I want to say Melville esque, but you, you can kind of see parallels, especially in the the cool hitman kind of shit and. I mean, Joe Shishido is just as cool as can fucking be, you know, with those cheeks and everything. And uh, Jerry, uh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> hey, man, it's fucking Japanese cinema. That's they think cheeks are cool. Uh, yeah, you, you, you just see it. You'll understand. You'll understand. Um, Jerry Fujio's in it, who is like a like a almost like a lounge singer type guy, or just like a pop star. Um, but you know, he's got a sweet flat top, and he just looks like uh, I don't know. It's a cool movie. I really liked Um It's all that matters, here. man. Ah, I guess. Uh, let's see here. I watched a, a, a Japanimation, uh, a Japanese animated film called uh, Hell's Angels. And yeah. this movie, it's, it's really like, it almost, this is something I almost don't like, but it kind of teetered on the edge of being something I found obnoxious. Because it, it, it reminded me a bit of, um, uh, what what is it, um, Cartoon Network's, um, I don't know, their, their original shit. Um, that style, almost. Like Adult okay. Swim? Adult yeah, Adult Swim. Swim. For some reason, I couldn't remember that, that, that thing. Um, like, their approach, it, it kind of borders on that, but it's just, I don't know, it, it's able to differentiate itself enough, but it's just... This, for whatever reason, like almost two hour film just about this girl who goes to hell, and there's like this guy called Helvis. Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, yeah, 
He's uh, a, 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 the devil that looks like Elvis, and he always says, baby! Um, but it, this is just a pure eye candy film. Like, this is definitely a, uh, uh, as, as Chris mentioned, a green zone kind of film. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's a fucking treat for the eyes. Uh, now, I don't know how available it is, especially over here, but I think it's worth looking at. At least hop on YouTube and uh, check out the trailer so you can get an idea of what the, the, the visual style is. It's really fucking cool. It looks like oh. kind of like Dead Leaves or something. Yeah, I, I actually think it's uh, made by the same guy. Ah, uh, Yoshiki Yamakawa. Let me make sure. Um, da, 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 da. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Doesn't matter. They're all the same anyways. Asians. Uh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> hey, don't say that so, don't say that so loud. She had, she had earbuds in her ears. I didn't think that she could hear. Uh-oh. <laughs> they do that. They'll put them on and then they'll turn the fucking thing down. There are tricky uh, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. I was well. Fuck. I'm gonna. I'm gonna change up my list right now. Um, oh, come on murder. now. Stay true to yourself. Stay gold. I am. I am not because I like this He's... movie more than the other. Uh, number fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Double impact. Because I. I initially had Death Warrant there. Yes, the uh, Jean Claude. Is that Van the Roddy Dan Piper movie. one? No, oh, no. Van Damme's, uh, like, the Death Warrant is oh, Van, Van Damme's, Van Damme. uh, uh, prison movie. Prison, With prison Natasha Henstridge? No. What's that? That was, um, uh, I'm gonna have to look. I can't remember. Shit. Uh, Knockoff, maybe? No, Maximum Risk. That's yeah, Maximum one. Risk, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, this is Death Warrant, bro. Um, mm-hmm. this isn't even on my list, so Jeez. I don't know what I'm still talking about it. Uh, Death Warrant. I think I've seen yeah. that. It's got a Patrick, no, Patrick in it. It's got Robert Yom. Uh, it's got Benson in it. I've never seen that. Yeah. Does he uh, fight? No, it's uh, the one where where Jean Claude shows his butt cheeks. Oh, that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Where he plays the man. Fuckers named tight, man. Yeah. Um, but you know, this actually, you know, when I was looking at the IMDb page, I realized I watched Double Impact this year, and I actually like that more. And that's the one where you see a lot of his butt cheeks um, <laughs> spread. Oh, yeah, that's the director's hazards. They actually are spread. He's wearing those fucking uh, uh, stretchy, <laughs> not even yoga pants, like uh, like gymnast. Stretchy oh lights. wait, is that the one? He he's his twin, and he's like a yeah, one, of the, yeah, one of the twins yeah, yeah, yeah. is like a aerobics instructor he's or something. His own twin, yeah. and one he fucking pack. teabags the camera and doing a split at the beginning. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, I'm very flexible. <laughs> uh, Look at my balls through spandex. I think I fucked up that line, but anyways, um, it's it's probably one of my favorite Van Damme movies. It's actually like a, a shit ton of fun. It's got a Obolo in it. And uh, it's got this great scene where uh, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's, like, evil twin or, or bad boy twin is, like, having these, like... He, for some reason, he's having a fantasy about his twin brother having sex with his lady. <laughs> but it's not a fantasy because he's getting super pissed and, like, <laughs> smashing shit. <laughs> but uh, this one's... It's got a shit ton of action and it barely makes sense, but it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's me apart, Lisa. <laughs> it's always fun watching these dumb uh, twin movies because you, you find those painfully obvious moments where they do the little split screen thing. 
It's like just, Justin was kissing Linda Hamilton's sister. Oh. Never oh, had the guts yeah. to tell him. <laughs> um, this was a late edition. Uh, just added it prior to the show. And that's uh, actually not prior to the show. We were already talking about it. Um, Cry of a Prostitute. Yeah. Uh, I did watch a Euro crime movie this year for the first nice. time. Nice. And this was Wait, it. that was your first Euro crime movie? No, of the year. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I'd seen, um, gosh, I, I, I've seen the initial um, movie trilogy, um, and I can't remember off the top of my head if I've seen anything else. I, it's definitely a, a blind spot for me, but I mean, shit. Baba Boucher's head into a hall with cocketh. Tony and But I mean, shit. What, what more can be said about Cry of Prostitute that hasn't already been said? So I'll just leave that at that. It was Boucher banana. It it lived up. It lived up to um, its reputation. Nice. Um, let's see here. Another uh, Matsuzaka treat from Hocking Hills. This is back in action. What number are we on? Do you know? Uh, three. Thir- Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, I haven't been very good about that. It's okay. Um, but yeah, back in action. It's a Billy Blanks Roddy Piper movie. That's the one I was thinking of when yeah. you said <laughs> nice. <laughs> this one's this one's so fucking awesome. So they did a couple together. Is this the one where uh Blanks is like really pissed all the time and he's yes. like okay, okay. Yeah, and he uh, he scrawls his sister's name everywhere. He just yes, writes okay. era everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> this one's this one's fucking amazing. And it's terrible, but it's all lowercase with a period at the end. <laughs> that one's really good. It's like it's like Wes Anderson decided to like you know do the font for it. But anyways, um, yeah, he he he's a U.S. Green Beret on the edge. Who's and, a U.S. Uh, Green Beret? Piper. Billy Blanks. Blanks. Oh, Billy Blanks. Yeah. Piper's a, a hot-headed uh, police officer. Oh, hi. Yeah, but this one's just. I mean, I mean, shit. It's a shit ton of fun. Love the Piper. certificate. The certificate says NC-17. I don't know if I buy that. Uh, at least according to MDIB. If anything, it would just be for the language. I don't. I can't. I, there's no. Yeah. I don't even remember any nudity or anything. And was there any gore? No. Not that I remember. But no. well, like I said, Jesus Christ, Footloose was fucking rated R. Oh yeah. That's weird. One cop, one vigilante, alone. They're unstoppable. Together, they're invincible. <laughs> yeah. That's the invincible. Movie right yeah, man. Um, I actually mentioned this uh, recently on the show, so I can't pretend that I watched this in 2013, but it's so special that I feel like I need to talk about it. Um, <laughs> and shit, it's January. I mean, who's, who's close really? enough, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and this is Executive Target. <laughs> um, I, I mentioned this on the podcast maybe a week or two ago, and this is the movie with uh, Michael Madsen. And uh, <laughs> that was really, I, I know exactly where I was driving when I heard you guys talking about Mets and that was really funny. There's a, yeah. I drive, I drive past this lake and I just, I, I will always remember you talk, guys talking about that and where I was driving. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. um, and this one's just, it has like two major set pieces with car chases and there are so many car explosions, so many corkscrewed cars flying through the air. Like, <laughs> And you can actually, if you, if anyone out there has access to uh, HBO Go, they actually have that on there, nice uh, high definition to check nice. out. 
but this one's just so much fucking fun. It's so ludicrous. Like, um, you know, Keith David is like trying to kidnap the president, but he has like a super evil secret lair that has like a cafeteria and shit. <laughs> and he has like this um, uh, art remote control like racetrack, and he races like remote control cars with Michael Madsen. It's fucking surreal. It's absolutely surreal. At the end of their little car chase on the RC track, uh, Keith David's car actually catches on fire. <laughs> like it's it's so stupid. It's a you know it's a PM Entertainment film, but you know this one uh, the the budget that they had it was it was on the screen, and you know no one's ever going to accuse Michael Madsen of range or being a good actor or even uh, caring but, while he's acting. Yeah, but he's. <laughs> yeah, at, at least at this point, I, I mean, it's not like this I could ever know if he gives a shit. But. Goddamn dust I've ever seen. This <laughs> dust is so goddamn good. I love, I want to be buried in this dust right here. <laughs> dust. Goddamn, man, he's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking glowed endorsement if I've ever heard one, man. That's, but yeah, people should totally check it out along with uh, Gun Blast Vodka because apparently, to according to IMDb, both people like this or people who liked uh, Executive Tiger Target Target. target. Yeah, people who like Going up for a Target. Target. <laughs> target eh? Check this out. People like it. Target. For target eh? It's fucking great. <laughs> Sit down to a plate of poutine and watch one. Canadians are so funny. Is is brown gravy vegetarian? No. I can't imagine. What is the deal with your guys' fucking white gravy? It's good, man. Like the white gravy? A dick? I got got a fucking whatever the shit you guys call that Salisbury steak with the white gravy on it for breakfast one time. Chicken fried steak? That's right. And it just tasted like flour. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, liquid it's, flour! It's, on it's made out of, of flour and meat grease. Oh my <laughs> fucking that's lord! That shit was disgusting. We we do not serve <laughs> that here. I don't. Hey, fucking watch hey, your mouth. No, somebody fucked. I was it all up. excited. Like, I thought it was turkey gravy. America. Yeah. Nobody eats <laughs> turkey for breakfast. Some, somebody fucked it up if it tastes like flour, man. White gravy's the shit. That was it. Was IHOP? <laughs> oh, oh well, well yeah, come on. There you go. Jesus. <laughs> You got to go to Biscuitville it's for biscuits. It's the International and gravy. House of Pancakes. That's how good it is. It's international. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gravy. Take it on down to Biscuitville. Oh, Biscuitville's amazing. Oh, shit. Okay, this so number. Like, um, like, uh, when the guy's getting ready to eat a girl's pussy, going to go down to Biscuitville. Get some white <laughs> gravy. And laugh it up. <laughs> uh, the the, the uh, number 11 is Lethal Force. I should put this on my list too. Wait a minute, did you say number Uh, eleven? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I did number twelve prior (laughs) to that. I'm not good at this. I'm I'm (laughs) I'm not good at this podcasting (laughs) stuff. Please listen to Cult of Muscle. Um (laughs) now Lethal Force, this is this is another movie that old Matsuzaka dropped on me. And I watched this sober and this blew my mind in a very similar way to Sledgehammer, but without the ineptitude. Um, I'm adding this to my list right now. Add a boy. I've this heard it's. Just... I've heard it's a plus 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 <laughs> plus 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 plus. 
You forgot. Yes, you forgot zero. two of them. You plus, got two pluses. <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's it's like an action um, slapstick comedy sort of thing. Uh, relatively low budget, but it's really fucking. It's like it's it's probably pound for pound the most entertaining movie on my list. I'm gonna say uh, that's by twenty B because I don't know where to ah. put it, but I really like that one, and it was weird because. I came across that I had this huge stack of DVDs that I'd bought and like never watched. No idea when or where I bought that damn thing. Like I came across it like <laughs> Lethal Force. What the fuck is this? And I just watched it. And yeah, it, it yeah, it's it's really bizarre. I, I liked it a lot. It's absolutely insane. Zom would hate it. Yeah, you, Zom, you'd give it a two. Yeah, but it is so fucking funny. It is so strange. Has some like you know some legitimately good like action in it. Some really good choreography, and then it's just I don't know. There's there's really no way to properly describe it. You just gotta check it out. Lethal check. Force Twenty B. Yeah, man. But uh, that that's where I stand on my twenty through eleven. Nice. Yeah. What? Let's get into yours. All right. Well, I I had uh, twenty uh, A, which is uh, a just a video clip of Jada Fire and Brianna Love fucking some guy, which is I really hot. I watched it seventeen hundred times. It did, man. It's the one. It, there's there's more than one, but it's the one where Jada Fire has like on a like black leather corset. So check that Ooh. out. And they give each other uh, milk enemas. <laughs> oh. Don't not Dude. Hey, don't fucking judge. Columbus <laughs> is winning five to two over the Philadelphia Flyers. <laughs> okay. Ten left. Well, I feel like like you like uh, after that onslaught that I uh, am. A hey, Carolina came back on the on the state. Sabres too. Sabres. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. First one was uh 1963's The Ugly American starring Dusty Rhodes. Uh no, it's uh starring Marlon <laughs> Brando. Marlon Brando and it's directed by George England. Um takes place in uh some Southeast Asian country that might be kind of like Vietnam before Vietnam. Um yeah, pretty mm. good. I like Marlon Brando. He's got a little mustache on it. Kind of nice. awesome. nice. uh, see some of these are uh, a little bit too uh to uh, upper upper uh, echelon type movies for what this is devolved. Nah. Okay, but anyway, whatever. Uh, 1958's The End of the Sixth Sixth Happiness. Uh, <laughs> the reason I watch this is because I think Ingrid Bergman was one fucking hot woman, and I yes. kind of, I always wanted to jab her. Uh, yes. <laughs> she goes over to China. And uh, becomes a missionary and starts up the end of the sixth happiness. And this is when uh, the commies were kind of trying to take over. And uh, uh, Shanghai Shek's people were fucking around over there. And there was a lot of turmoil. She didn't give a shit. She served gad. Uh, (laughs) Next thing I watched. Wait a minute. I am deep. You're treating this like what you watched this week. (laughs) Next thing I watched. <laughs> well, a lot of I, I like Steve Gore. I mean, some of these it were I watched so fucking long ago. I can't, even though they're on my list, I don't really can't. You know, get Next thing I watched, 1995 Sonic Outlaws, directed by Craig Ooh. Baldwin. Uh, this is a documentary sort of. Um, 
uh, I don't know, weird artistic expression documentary where he um, uses a collage type of, uh, I don't know, uh, style where people will be talking and he might have Groucho marks on the screen. And the, of course, the it'll it would be like if we're doing this podcast right now and while we're talking, they show different people in different the pictures and things of different things. One of the, the box cover art is uh, Lee Harvey Oswald when he's getting shot by Jack Ruby, except Jack Ruby has a guitar. Lee Harvey Oswald has a microphone when he's going, Ugh! and it looks like he's singing. And the, the <laughs> Texas uh, cop that was holding him up is playing the keyboards. So it's all about sampling and uh, whether it's cool or not, or whether it's good or not to, uh, hmm. for these people to sample music and, um, how fine of a thing you can get down to. What if somebody just takes like one note or, you know, and people suing each other and blah, 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 blah. But anyway, where do you stand on it? Where do I stand on it? Yeah. Uh, um, I don't give a fuck. I don't, worry. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but it is, a, it's an interesting documentary. Uh, <laughs> I like the, it, it's, it's uh, the documentary. I'll be honest with you. It isn't as much, uh, even though it is an interesting subject that they're covering and everything, and they do talk a lot uh, to specific people that are sampling for different songs, and uh, U2 was putting out an album, uh, and it was just getting ready to come out. So these guys put out this album that that kind of looked like uh, what uh, had a, a YouTube spy plane on the front and they put it in all these stores where people thought U2's album's coming out and they put this out and so they started buying it up thinking they were buying U2's new album but like uh, really like Bono and uh, The Edge and those guys they were like oh, we don't we didn't really give a fuck you know so but they're rich record, they don't care well their record company sued the guys oh. <laughs> and, but the actual artists were like you know well we don't really give a shit but it's not as much the the subject matter is that uh, Craig Baldwin's style was just really interesting. He did mock up on Mew and uh, uh, oh Tribulation uh, ninety nine and other docs that are kind of interesting. Just his weird style. Uh, next thing is uh, this is seventeen. Is this seventeen? I think it's seventeen. The decline of Western civilization, part two. The metal years. Ooh, nice. Um, nice. I enjoyed this one simply because this is like Spinal Tap, but it's real. Because when I'm watching this, these guys, I would love to have them go back right now and do a follow-up with every single person, including the groupies, and see that they're fat and old and have like five kids or they're painting houses and all this shit. These guys are so fucking simple it's so stupid. <laughs> Gene Simmons and a lot of like they'll show Paul Stanley, but the camera's like hanging over top of this bed, and there's some girl laying beside of him, and then they pan back, and there's like five girls on the bed, and he's talking. He, but he's giving like an interview, and it just looks so dumb, you know. Like I want to show how cool I am. Gene Simmons is hanging out at a lingerie store with all this leather on, and these girls are in like. Um, lingerie actually in lingerie trying on lingerie and he's like oh hi how are you it's Yuck. fucking hilarious how bad how <laughs> these, these guys thought they were so cool but they're so stupid anyway <laughs> have you uh, seen next, heavy metal parking lot tom uh no but I oh have, man i think you would like that whoa what the fuck 
What is that That's sound? I don't. I'm not getting it. So. Well, well I, I can tell because you, you like this. <laughs> I'm not getting it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Zom had it a second ago. You talking about the loud robot voice? Yeah, and it sounded like there was a jet airplane engine. Blown yeah, it yeah. sounded like really overblown. If you hear it, if you hear it on the playback, you'll hear Zom first, and then you won't hear it anymore. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Uh, oh. Ip Man Two: The Legend of the Grand Master. Uh, I like these Ip Man movies. Wilson Yip was the director. Uh, oh man, that's the one with that really annoying British guy. I love the God. I hate that guy. guy. <laughs> what was his name? Um, I don't know. Evil Dilo number three. Was it like Whammer or something like that? <laughs> he was or Slammer or something. The boxer, the British boxer guy that he fights. Yeah. Did the director just tell him act as crappy as possible to make our guys look really good? Lista. Yuck! Or Twister, yeah, Twister. Yeah. get in Twister. He was awesome. I th- that was one of my <laughs> favorite parts of the movie was how what a shithead he was. He looks uh, smoldering. His IMDb photo, it is. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Give sick. me a little hot under the collar. He was fucking built, man. And, and Donnie yeah. Yen had to fucking go toe to toe with it, motherfucker. I like mm-hmm. those movies. I I enjoy. Who's in the Who's in the new Ip Man movie? Uh, what the uh, the one where he's an old man? They're making a new one, right? Oh well, fuck! I don't know. I mean, it's become like a, was, the new thing. Yeah, uh, I think they're yeah, I think they're turning Ip Man into a cottage industry over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, Ip Man: The Final Fight, the the newer one that's got Anthony Wong as Old Man Yip. Yeah, um, uh, Ip Man. There's going to be another one after that. Yeah, Are you talking yeah. About they the, say it's a development. The Grand okay. Masters. Maybe. No, that's well, that's a separate thing altogether. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah, the new yeah. Man. I don't think it's part of this series. I think it's a, just a completely yeah. That's oh. the Masters. That's okay. the one I got at the uh, at the uh, fucking bootleg uh, uh, kiosk in Charlotte. In Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on my list. So anyway, okay. <laughs> wow. uh, next thing I watched, uh, which this is number fifteen, and I I'm surprised that I never saw this, but. I find Owen Wilson to be annoying sometimes, so I kind of put it off, which is uh, the Darjeeling Limited. Yeah. Uh, cool. uh, I finally, uh, I think I bought this at a, um, maybe when Jakey Poo and I went to one of these video stores, or I might have got it at fucking uh, Whorehound. I don't know. Finally watched it. I liked it. That's all I have to say about uh, it. It, was surpri- <laughs> it. It fucking surprised me. Owen yeah. Wilson wasn't as annoying. I guess they kind of allowed or uh, told him don't be annoying do you like him in any other wes anderson movies um i th- i liked him in um i thought Bottle he was Rocket pretty good in uh, fucking uh <laughs> what's his face with gene hackman oh royal tannenbaums royal tannenbaums oh, i love that movie oh it's too. amazing ding 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 <laughs> that, that bit at the end where they do like the big long take and uh the the the, the dalmatian uh, they they get the Dalmatian dog and yeah, that right. that whole little bit that whole little sweeping shot always turns me into a a mess of a man. <laughs> I'm gonna watch that it, tonight. It turns you yeah. into a mess of a man. Well, <laughs> we're we're talking comparatively speaking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, next yeah. thing I watched was something we reviewed on the show uh, from 1994, De la Morte, De la or Cemetery Man. Ah, yeah, nice. I really like this. I had never heard of it. Uh, if you want to know more about it, listen to the show. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I was uh, that that one that one. I was tossing back and forth whether I should put it in my list or not, and I could not remember if if I 
said that I had seen it or not because as I looked at it again, I'm like, maybe I, I can't remember if I had actually seen it or not. I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's uh, that we'll make that 20 C. I thought it was, there you go. It was really cool. Uh, <laughs> and it had, so, it had a very fucking hot chick in it and he yeah. fucked the shit out of her. Yeah. So that's Is he dancing? Cool. That's my favorite scene. <laughs> <laughs> and then now he pukes on her. <laughs> uh, I think I have a noggy at my fucking uh, well, whatever. Anyway, nineteen fifty eight's The Quiet American. This is not the one with Michael Caine and Brendan Fraser, but it's the one that the original. Uh, yeah, directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz and written by Graham Greene. It stars Audie Murphy and Michael Redgrave, and it is uh, just as good, if not better, than I like the one with Michael Caine and Brendan Fraser. It proves to me that uh, you know Brendan Fraser can be in some good shit. He was good in uh, uh, Gods and Monsters, also. So go fuck yourself if you just think he's fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it Damn. Uh, number 12 uh, is zip, zip, doo, 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 1969's La Caduta Degla, Degli Day or The Oh, Damned. that one. <laughs> yeah, it's Nailed a it. Lucino Visconti movie starring Doc. Dirk Bogard and uh, Ingrid Thulin, uh, Helmut Berger, a bunch of fucking people. Uh, Charlotte Rampling's in it. I like this movie, and it is one that everyone should fucking watch. It is rated R. It has to do with Nazis and fascism, (laughs) and you'll like it. It even has some transvestite uh, dancing and shit in it. It's beautiful. It's overwhelming. A breathtaking masterpiece. <laughs> and uh, the uh, oh, wait a minute, why did it have a goddamn uh, Italian fucking name when it, the uh, original title is Guten Dammerung? Maybe it was a co-production. Yeah, maybe. it's possible. Yeah. I don't care. Um, I just threw this list together, people. Uh, <laughs> uh, next thing I watched. Uh, next thing I watched. Uh, no, I didn't watch. Uh, this is uh, number eleven on the top twenty first watches of two thousand or something. Nineteen uh, nineties Maniac Cop two. Yeah. yeah. Directed by William Lustig, and uh, it's. I like this one. I've heard a lot of people say that they like it better than the first one. Eh, I don't know. I like the first one a lot. It has William Smith in it, and so it's superior. This one does have Charles Napier in it, but uh, you know, this one's good. I liked it. Clarence Williams the Third. He was on uh, Mod Squad. See, I can't remember that much about it. I have spent a while since I watched it. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, next thing on this fucking stupid list. Oh, wait, was that your eleven? Hang on. Oh, we're not okay. Well, when was that? Yeah, I'm stopping at 11. That was 11. I was just going to okay. go all the way through and see if you guys <laughs> My number one, and we're just sitting there just like... Eh, rah, rah, rah. Eh, rah, rah, rah. Okay, go ahead. You're all right, my number 20. I'm up next. My number 20, what I watched in this past year. Um, <laughs> 20C, Della Morte, Della More. 20B, oh my God. Lethal Force. And 20... Don't you hate people that fudge everything? It's like they can't be... I'm com- fudge it. Com- like, this show is fudged every say, week, dude. What's your... Favorite comedy of all time, and they'll be like, "Well, I like this, but I like this too, and I like this." No, I ask you for top twenty. I, I don't have time to edit, so I'm, I want to make sure that those honorable mentions get in there. Okay. Well, it's good. We're just talking. Um, let's see. This is a. Uh, I and I, I watched three 
related movies all in one day. Um, this one stands out the most for me just by the time period it's set in. This is 1995's uh, Before Sunrise, Richard Linklater. Ah, nice. Um, I'd never seen any of the three movies, though, well, the third one just having come out this past year or so. But uh, Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. Um, this one's really cool just because it makes me really nostalgic for certain th- elements of the 90s. Um, the flannel and the greasy hair and the <laughs> shitty goatees and all that stuff. But ankle the, length uh, beige dresses, ankle length beige <laughs> yeah. dresses, baby doll like, chokers. Yeah, yeah. but oh, yeah. Um, like chokers. Oh yeah, all chokers women. were hot. But uh, Ethan Hawke and Judy Delpy. Judy Delpy was really hot, and um, this was really good. I was uh, I was really impressed with these, and uh, it's it's hard for me sometimes to get into movies where really it's just. A conversation, and that's really all these movies ever are. But I watched all three of them in a row, so it's like three straight hours, or you know, almost five and something straight hours of this long conversation of between these two people. So you think of really uh, stuff. Ethan Hawke as a sleaze bag? I see. In I, think, real life. I think. I th- yeah. yeah. Well, but I think it translates to screen too. He yeah, and it's it's he's it's his look like he's got kind of like uh, kind of hissy te- hissy teeth and after like, a while kind of, you know he's angular. He goddamn shave. <laughs> I mean, just shave. He, he looks like like he'd pull a switchblade on a woman. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> in an alley. Yeah, I, got I like a, a that, ratty uh, face. I find that I I like Before Sunrise a lot more after I had seen Before Sunset because I think I I had a hard time. To a certain degree, getting past like his kind of not really cocky character, but he just kind of had an air to him that I didn't like. But yeah. seeing like the progression between you know the quote unquote character and how he mellowed out as he got older kind of made me view like, oh, this is the younger phase of you know this character. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, else. you know, the the the, co- the well near college age and yeah, it yeah. was good and. Uh, and I guess Linklater around that time really for me could do no wrong. I just love all of his work around that 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 time. And fucking uh, you know, Days of Confuse is one of my favorites ever. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, um, it's, and to be clear, I do like Ethan Hawke. I just think he's I think he's a scumbag. I want to know what's wrong. <laughs> what, what's the deal with uh, you made like a big deal about pulling a switchblade on a woman? <laughs> switchblades are illegal. So no, no that's, that? I mean that's that's why I like him. That's why I need to clarify. Yeah, oh. a real man <laughs> takes one. Okay. So my number 19, um, I don't know how to pronounce the Brazilian title of it, but uh, in, in the good old U.S. of A., we call it This Night I'll Possess Your Corpse. Yeah. The, uh, the second Coffin Joe movie. There's uh, a real man for you. At Midnight I'll Take, you'll <laughs> take Your Soul. Um, I th- this one, uh, it's, I mean... It, it it came together a little better than you know he had more budget and kind of had a different uh, you know more of a focused direction. I think that's why I like the second one better than the first one. Um, his movies are worth seeing because he has such a unique vision for what he wanted to put on screen for that time period. Anyway, um, it, you'd be hard pressed to find many '60s horror movies that were just kind of, I guess, sleazy. I mean, this guy was just a piece of shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> man. <laughs> Judge not, lest ye be judged. Yeah. Speaking of here's a question: Do you think of Coffin Joe? You think he's kind of a sleeve? <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy that he might seems pull like a kind of guy. On <laughs> to me, he's a hero because the reason that people say <laughs> tragic hero, you know how oh, you know well, how he is and everything, is because of the pussification of the American man. Right. But the poor Any guy state. just. 
the poor guy just wants to be a dad, but he has to go to hell like five times to get it. So. <laughs> I went to hell five times, and I just fucking finally <laughs> gave up. Uh, I don't think um, he needs a switchblade either because he's got the fuck nigga got them fingernails, man. Yeah, he's gross like fingernails. picking fucking hands on him. Um, my number num, number eighteen. My uh, number eighteen is uh, the Exterminator from nineteen eighty. Uh, James Glickenhaus. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, that with Robert Ginty. <laughs> what? Oh, he's the executioner. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the executioner. <laughs> oh yes, Chiba. I watched that. I watched. Uh, I didn't watch that one recently. I, I watched watch, the Exterminator I did watch this year. It just didn't make it on my list. Yeah, I mean, it's good. Love that one. The fucking paint on the feet and the um, the exterminator, <laughs> Ginty, flamethrower, motorcycle helmet, yay! Lots of sleeves. This one was really cool. I, yeah, that I, was awesome. It, it's a poster that I remember from my Ute and uh, never got around to seeing it. Probably for good reason. Now that I've watched it as an adult, but um, yay! Good, good shit. Good shit. Um, we'll class up the joint a little bit. My number seventeen. Um, so last year, Will on that other show that we won't name. Um, he did a little, uh, start a, sh- you know, shame list. Um, and almost every movie that I think I had on my shame list. One of them was anal. Uh, one of them was, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> wearing a women's list. dress. One of them was a, a milk enema, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but one of them is one that I think I had started years and years and years ago. And, um, and it's it's a Robert Altman movie, and I I tried to watch Gosford Park, and was like eh, this is not for me, and then I just kind of gave up on all of his movies after that. But I finally sat down and watched Mash. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. And Mash was Mash was really good. Uh, so I'm glad I finally gave it a chance. I still have not gone to any other Altman movies, but um, fucking uh, you know those guys uh, Sutherland and uh, Gould are just pretty Hot fantastic lips in the shower. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and Duvall and it's just it's just it's it's a great movie and uh, I was really impressed with it. I, love I think when you'd they uh... drove Duvall nuts. What? When they drove Duvall nuts? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd uh, like the player. The player? Yeah, I think you'd like that one. Yeah, I need to see more of his stuff. I just see you know. Yes. Okay. Um, let's see. So long. Number sixteen. Um, not a better movie so to speak but maybe one that stuck with me a little more than mash uh is uh combat shock from 1984 yes. Ooh, Ooh, fucking, that's uh, a weirdo movie isn't it what isn't that kind of fucking weird yeah it's a really <laughs> really bizarre <laughs> sound like an old man kind of fucking weird kind of you mean sound like an old man yeah, uh, buddy Giovizan. they played this at, uh, at our local fucking uh uh, what well, I guess it would be considered our art house cinema before it went under, and uh, I, I remember like they had an ad in the paper and shit, and it said you know uh, not viewer discretion, but it was something like that. Talked about the movie and how odd it was. I've never seen it. It's worth it's worth checking out. It'll make you ha- it'll give you a stomach ache. I mean, there's nothing really yeah, happy about it at all. But just drink some Pepto, you'll be better. Um, this is. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Buddy Giovinazzo. Giovinazzo. Yeah. And uh, I guess it's his brother that stars in it. But, um, I mean, it's it's, it's it's on the, you know, half of a shoestring budget. And it's uh, the Vietnam veteran um, coming back. And uh-huh. he's beyond poor. And he's got this, 
you know, the the wife that he hates and this really like this uh, the baby just ugh. That baby is racer head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's know. a racer head level baby, yeah. Every time I see that guy, it, it, it makes me think of the uh, the guy from American Movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's <laughs> yeah. his name? And those henchmen, those are like some seriously gold standard, you know, <laughs> goons. Yeah, you'll you should, you should, you'll give it a two. Is it like a kind of a deadbeat at dawn kind of low <laughs> yes. budget? No, well, well it's, it's, it's that drama. low budget, yeah. but it, yeah, it's a drama though. It's not, a, it's not like a cheesy action movie at all. Okay, um, let's see. Number 15. Um, one we did on the show. Uh, Stacy Keach, Jeff Bridges, Susan Terrell, Fat City. Uh, <laughs> listen to our review of it. We talk about boxing and shit. Um, this is really good, and I watched another Stacy Keach recently, and I uh, like that a lot too. Stacey Every time Keech I look in awesome the mirror, I'm like, Fat City. Fat City. What was the oh, other yeah, one you watched uh, where he uh, spanks Susan Terrell's ass and yeah, 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 yeah Killer was, Inside uh, Me. Killer Inside Me. I read a review of the Killer Inside Me, and they were talking about how how unfaithful it was to the book. And I, I didn't. I mean, I don't know. I read the book a long time ago. Then I saw the newer movie and liked it. And I guess this one is less faithful. But I really, I really, the only thing I really noticed they changed a lot was the very end of it. But mm. I don't know. Anyway, Welcome. Fat City is, is it's good, and go listen to our review of that with Precious and enjoy it. Precious. Um, <laughs> what a it. fucking funny movie. Number, <laughs> <laughs> number 14, yes. one the gentleman did recently. Uh, Dong Zhao Zhang, or mm-hmm. Hong Kong Godfather. Ah, yes. With beardy and other people and stabbies and hackies and this is a fun movie and then Rocky the dog and that other yeah what was the other dog it was Rocky and no Stallone Stallone St- yeah Stallone and what was the little dog's name I don't, I don't remember know. anyway I just remember um, Jimmy getting like a spine buster or something you think got a spine buster or I I can't I I don't have my uh, wrestling moves down path that kid got fucked up. So this is a, um, this is a, glass door. yeah, <laughs> the throw through a glass door. This is one, this is like a, a one of those, what, a, what's the term for the, the John Woo genre? Throat bloodshed. Yeah. It, it's kind of like that, but without guns. So it's like the, you know, the, the, the brothers and, and sticking together, but then they just hack the shit out of each other with machetes and rusty things and. It's a it's a fun movie. It um, really is the, amazing that, that final sequence. Yeah, with all the desks and the in the cubicles and shit, that was really good. Because the movie is entertaining up to that point, but you don't really think the movie's capable of like getting to that level. Right, know? right. I love the baskets of just dirty weapons. <laughs> oh that they God, keep yeah, that's really good. Uh, let's see, number thirteen. Uh, Spike Lee movie, 1994, Crooklyn. Yeah, that's um, a good one. With the, the uh, be semi-autobiographical um, with uh, Delroy Lindo and some other yeah. kids. Um, I watched that really... since when Jake was at work. Yeah, this is, uh, this one, this one got me teary. I like this one a lot. Um, the, uh, really well done and Spike Lee sniffing glue was hilarious. Um, <laughs> Uh, this, uh, he, uh, he, he had, he had some good ones in the nineties and this is, 
probably a highlight. So, yeah, that's my favorite um, Spike Lee movie. Yeah, I bought, I bought the, um, there's a, there was a really cheap DVD set at uh, Target. It's like four or five Spike Lee movies for like eight bucks. So, oh. and this is in there. So, there you go. It might still be there. Who knows? It, it wasn't a sale. It was just something. It was just a cheap set. So, do, it's called do you like, think Chris, Chris Rock stole the plot of that movie for Everybody Hates Chris? <laughs> Could be. I've not seen everybody. Everybody hates Chris, but that's a, it seems that's like a it, rough allegation. It seems like an easy one to lift from, though. It, I mean, yeah, it's very similar because it's not like it's not as much a you know. There's there's different plot elements of the movie. It's not a it's not a story starts at point A and goes to goes to, you know through the alphabet. I mean, yeah. everybody kind of has their own little path, so it's it's easy to lift from. I'm sure. So, but I really like this one. Um, number 12, somebody's alarm is going off. Number 12, uh, is a film by Roman Polanski. I think Zom might've watched this for the first time this year too. Uh, 1965's Repulsion. Yay. Uh, Catherine Hot Hot Deneuve. God, she was so hot in that. Crazy fucking, fucking nuts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, the, the imagery put forth in this movie is just incredible her nightmares and stuff like that Fuck, i had um, nightmares after i watched the son of a bitch yeah it's, it's that one uh, part when when she's going down the hallway and the hands i've seen the, the still photos like screen captures of that and it mm-hmm. made me fucking jump we, yeah. when i was watching it wow it's 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 definitely worth uh tracking this one down it's a nice quick little watch and it's i mean almost all takes place in this one apartment this woman just losing her shit so uh, it's really Hot good. Fucking woman, thick blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, and my eleven, uh, another one we did on the show, across 110th Street, Barry Shear. Um, this one has stuck with me quite a while. I watched Detroit 9000 recently. Again, they, they kind of had a similar kind of feel at times, but um, this is a one of the I guess classier black exploitation entries. Uh, I, I was really impressed with this when we reviewed it. Um, was that the one with remember. Kyle Martin? No, it has Anthony Quinn and uh, uh, what's his face? The uh, fuck. Yafet Koto. Yafet Koto. Yes, yeah. okay. I remember mm. now. It's a good one. Um, definitely worth tracking down. This is a pretty great movie. So, And you can go find our review of that one. I won't keep rambling on. Cool. That was our, I think I would say that pretty well. 20 through 11. Why don't we take a break and so everybody can take a breather and take a shit and get some more Pepto. <laughs> and uh, we'll be right back with, what, 10 through 6. We'll be right back. GGTMC live for you fresh yeah. Big Willie and the Samurai are at your service. Breaking films down and turning them around. Giving recommendations that are always on point. Visit ggtmc.com for more information. The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Bringing class to the trash since 1977.
ready for some 10 to 6. Sounds awkward. Uh, we're back. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Uh, Mr. CDR. What's your, we're going to start rotating now. We're going to take turns, old-fashioned style. Whatever Round happened to the head? He, he's, he's on Facebook. He's around, but... Is he? Yeah, he didn't... Uh, I don't know. He's just around. I don't know. Yeah, he's around. I, I've heard, I I like heard his... There was a while there where I heard his voice on every other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah, the GGTMC stopped playing voicemail, so... Oh. He, they, prob- they, he, they probably have some from him that's like three years old. So. Yeah, they'll play it eventually. <laughs> um, I would like to just point out that since we were going to break this up in three sections and I said we should do our top 21, which would be seven, seven, and seven. Mm-hmm. And Loaf said that he would rather do it the other way uh, and do 20, that he added A, Bs, and Cs <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, you know. Honorable mentions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. All right, CDR, what's your number 10? He's, he's done his top 27. Yes. That's all right. I'll probably, I'll probably add a couple more before we're done. I like that format. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did we? Oh, we still have CDR. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, there he is. All right, number ten. My number ten is a recommendation from the beloved uh, Mr. Davy Mac. Uh, it's from 1978. It's an Australian picture, and it is called Money Movers, directed by oh, Bruce yeah. Beresford. Yeah, he's and, been that pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, uh, Starring a very badass Terrence Donovan, and it's a it's a heist movie. Um, it's a very intricately plotted heist movie. It's not a, a character piece whatsoever. This is a movie that gets to the fucking point, and you know it's it's. I think it's an hour and twenty eight minutes, uh, but nice. it's a it's a very dense heist movie, and um, it has a pretty fucking amazing ending and a, ma- a very awesome uh, bank robbery masks. Which I always appreciate. I watched a uh, I watched a movie with Klaus Kinski, a heist movie that takes place in Brazil, and it made me realize heist movies are one of those ones that I'm very forgiving of. Like it's it's hard for me not to enjoy at least some aspect of them. So mm. I have to check that one out. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's also got a young uh, Brian Brown in it, uh, playing a character named Brian. <laughs> there <you laughs> big, go. big stretch there. <laughs> Uh, it's, I always I always like a movie when the lead character is an ex race car driver, which this has. So that's pretty cool <laughs> oh, too. Well, there you go. Is this on uh, Netflix Instant or the YouTube's or anything like that? I know? think it's on Netflix Instant. Oh, I, I, cool. Yeah, I only asked because I think I remember him mentioning that. But I'm gonna have to peep that. I'm gonna have to check it out. Cool. Sounds Jake, good. What's, what's what's your number ten, Jake? Uh, my number ten is a uh, little movie called Joy Maggie. <laughs> or Zwe Megui. Um, <laughs> it's uh, directed by Ngai Choi Lam. Uh, it's called Her Vengeance. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Also uh, directed by a gentleman who also went by Nam Nai Choi. Uh, this is a fucking amazing movie. This is really yeah, just it really uh, is. Yeah, it, this one. It, it's one of those things where it kind of feels weird to be like, no, seriously, it is. No, it is. It's really good. Um, because, you know, it's by the guy who did Seventh Curse and Riccio, and uh, it's a rape-revenge film. The Cat, of course. Um, but, I mean, a lot of people associate him with kind of, like, craziness. 
you know, and even though there's a whole lot of crazy in her vengeance, namely uh, uh, Lam Ching Ying with his um, uh, weaponized wheelchair. Yeah, the ultimate the- rooftop wheelchair training montage. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> so good. <laughs> but like as a, like as a actual film, like it is really, really fucking good, especially, you know, um, I don't think there's oh, a real gassy. I know a true blue uncut version out there, you know, according to uh, Ken from uh, the venerable podcast on fire, it's kind of split up between multiple releases in terms of, you know, every bit of footage that's out there. But regardless, this is a fucking fantastic little slice of sleaze and it's remarkably filmed, really gritty, really kind of slice of cheese. Sleaze. (laughs) Okay. I wouldn't pay attention. Leave, um, but man, Pauline Wong's fantastic in it. Um, Lam Ching Ying, as as is expected, is absolutely amazing. It's it's a it's you know every bit as insane as you would hope from a Hong Kong movie from the era, but it is it's got a real nasty core to it. That's you know um, dare I say emotional, um, and it's got some abs- it's. I mean, Nam Nai Choi, he's a former cinematographer. That's really where he plied his trade. So mm-hmm. his films look fantastic, and it really, really shows in this. Well, and the, it's got an almost uh, Home Alone-esque finale. <laughs> it really does. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> these people are just hanging. Yeah, they're in a bar, and, like, the guys are, you know, the bad guys are, you know, uh, it's basically a little siege. And it just, it, it escalates, and it gets crazy, and then it manages to get crazier, and it's just... It's uh, it's indicative of what we all love and associate with Hong Kong from that time. So strongly urge people to check it out. This should probably be my number one, but you know, yeah, whatever. It happens. I add it to my list. There you go, Dom. What's your number ten? Number ten is Das Leben der Anderen, directed by Florian yeah. Henkel von Donnerschmark. <laughs> Starring Ehrlich Mew, Martina Gadeck, and Sebastian Koch. It was yeah, really good. <laughs> oh, it's also known as The Lives of Others. Uh, oh, 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 yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, that, that, movie's that movie's fantastic. <laughs> it was good. It was, it was fucking good. good. He's got headphones and he like listens and shit. It's not even like... I mean, it's like fiction because nothing like that, like where the government's listening in on you and shit, you know, could ever be abused, right? Am I right? Only, only fascists do that. Yeah. Damn yeah. right. Yeah. I don't want to say too much more about it because somebody might be listening. No, I like that movie. I'd never seen it. it, it um, it's. Uh, I remember seeing the box art for a long time, and then I heard them talk about it on – Either the feminine critique or girls on film, but uh, one or the other. These podcasts come and go, you know. I don't. Yeah. Not like us. Just we just fucking keep never. Along. Just, yeah, some of them never fucking go away. Yeah, we stick to it. Start <laughs> yeah. something, you stick to it, right? I've wanted to review that one on the show. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good. Nice. That's all. Uh, my my number ten. Um, I really stretched for this pick. It only won seven Academy Awards. Um, <laughs> this is one, actually, it's, it's odd that uh, I say that because I had never even heard of it. Uh, I had never even heard of it when I watched it. Um, it's the, called The Best Years of Our Lives. 
uh, from 1946. Um, Sounds like a bird. It's a it's a it's a World World War II, or like I said, post World War II movie. It's three veterans that ha- that are coming home. They all live in the same town. Um, they didn't know each other during the war, but they meet each other on the trip home. Hmm. One of them has lost his hands in the war, um, and it's him kind of adjusting to basically, you know having to now accept help from his parents to get dressed and stuff. And uh, then there's the, a guy who has, he's been gone, I think the long, longer than any of them. And his, his kids are kind of, well, they're now adults, basically. He hadn't seen them in like four or five years. Um, And then there's the, uh, a a third, a third guy who is coming back and, you know, he's got the excitement of war and everything, but he's coming back and he works at a drugstore and shit. And his wife, he's kind of poor. His wife is like a, I don't know. They got married right before he went to war. I mean, she's just a big slut and she's been like sleeping around <laughs> and stuff ever since left. It's a really good movie. Um, it's, um, it's, you know, it's in that 40s style of movie. There's nothing um, other than like guys getting drunk or whatever. There's nothing really like, you know, shocking or anything that goes on. But the guy that played Homer, the one that has no hands, actually was, a, he was not an actor in real life. He actually was a veteran that lost his hands, not in combat, but he would do um, like instructional uh, movies or something for something to do with torpedoes or bombs or something. And, and, and in an accident lost his hands. Jeez. And, um, but that's where he got his acting uh, training was doing these training videos for the military. So, so um, he, he's very, he was he's, no he, Audie Murphy. He might be the highlight of the movie. He's really, <laughs> his, I, for, I forgot his name though, but um, he's uh, it's, it's a, it's a really good movie and yeah, it does sound corny, but um, it ended up being very good. It's very long, but uh, it's it's worth seeing, definitely. Right on. Cool. Uh, CDR, your number nine. My number nine is from 1984. Uh, it stars Treat Williams and Chris Christopherson. <gasps> and uh, hey, Rip Torn. Rip Torn. Flashpoint. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. This is a fucking awesome buddy cop movie. It's about two border cops who discover a Jeep buried in the desert um, with a gun and a box of money. And it's all about them trying to figure out what the mystery is behind it. Nice. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, the, the chemistry between Treat Williams and Chris Christopherson Chris, 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 Chris <laughs> is awesome. The dialogue is, is really well written and it's honestly, it's one of my favorite uh, buddy cop movies from the eighties. Like, it's funny and, and, but they're, I don't know. They're just really fucking hard assed and Kurtwood Smith shows up as sort of the bad sleazy <laughs> CIA guy and he's great. And yeah, I fucking loved it. Did you guys see that article recently said Chris Christopherson is like losing his memory and stuff? It's pretty sad. Oh, really? Yeah. Man, I saw it, but I forgot about it. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> awesome. I wrote that one down too. Uh, let's see. Jake, you're number nine. Uh, this one's called Hokuriku Diary Senso, uh, also known as Hokuriku Proxy War. Uh, this is something that I covered on my podcast. Uh, it's directed by uh, Kenji Fukasaku. Um, if it was a Yakuza film that took place uh, in up north with a bunch of snow, uh, yes, I have seen. Then this you one. have, yeah. Um, this one, you know, I, I, I've always been uh, on, on a mission to track down as many Fukusaku films as I can find and watch them all. And this one's uh, just a really fucking solid 
Yakuza film. Um, it it mainly it has Sonny Chiba in it, but he plays kind of a he doesn't play a central role. It's mainly a Hiroki Matsukata vehicle, but it's super nasty, super fun. It actually takes place up in the Hokkaido area, so it, it just gives you a different look. There's one guy that's kind of buried neck deep in the snow with a car driving around his head as they terrorize him. <laughs> um, it's it's th- a ton of fucking fun. I think of the Asian gangster movies, the sleazier Yakuza films are always my favorite ones. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this I don't would know why be because it, it still does that. It still does that mix of like having honor and stuff, but something like something about the way Japanese can be sleazy is just it, well, it makes it stand are. out. But like, <laughs> I mean, well, I watched uh, not sleazy, but I watched New World today, which it's the it, it, that was really good. But they, uh, you know, that that one had a yakuza type feel to it, just by the way the mm-hmm. the uh, the guys kind of flirting between being honorable and not and it was good it was good but yeah the, I, that one's a good one too mm-hmm. yeah it's just uh it's it's a little uh it's not easy to come by you just gotta look in all the right places to find hokuriku proxy war but looking for hokuriku proxy war in all <laughs> the wrong places yeah, try and spell that when you're looking for it <laughs> well <sighs> just look up proxy war you'll, Ho- find, you'll come hokuriku hokuriku <laughs> but uh yeah it's good stuff people should check it out if they're so inclined check it out yeah zom number nine uh number nine is number uh nine? this is like one of those ones where we just like uh do free will uh yeah. the same from 2006 we reviewed this on the show uh matthias glanzer glasner is the director and uh this fucking movie rocked uh who suggested this one Armin. Armin. Uh, he fucking was a good pick. It really blew me away. It wasn't what I expected. Very deep. <laughs> you know, liked it. Some gross Listen rape and penis in there. Yeah. yeah was that the serial killer one? Lots of cock. Got some guy no, jacking was, off. And this this is the uh, the one where the guy is a uh, basically just he's a he beats and rapes women like a serial rapist basically, and oh, okay. the, most of the story is him post mental hospital. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yeah. Just trying to sounded pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, trying, yeah. To, trying to forget. Yeah, it's it was good. Yeah, All a little right. long, but it was good, definitely. Right on. Uh, my number nine. Um, I had seen the first two in the series uh, a few times, but I finally got the whole set on Blu-ray this year. The film series I'm talking about is Lone Wolf and Cub, ah, um, yeah. and this is. Uh, Baby, baby cart to Hades. Um, so which one is like, that? <laughs> uh, baby cart. Uh, I'm gonna have to look up the, the synopsis because they start to blend together. See, the second one was the one with the lady ninjas. Um, baby cart to Hades. Is that the one this where is, the cart has the fucking guns and shit on it? And does it like end in the uh, like? Does yeah, it end in like that. a rock quarry type area. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm yeah, thinking yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that one's fucking good. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I believe that, that's the yeah. third one. That is the yes, yeah, the third. Yeah, baby, baby cart to Hades is the third one, and that's the one. Yeah, the huge battle at the end. Oh, um love it. Yeah, it, that one's that one's pretty pretty incredible. Um, I like all of these movies a lot, and you know, speaking of going back to saying that I like the sleazy Yakuza movies, I also like the sleazy samurai movies. <laughs> yeah. 
and I guess this would count in it because when you got tits and guys dying left and right, that counts as a little sleaze. The more artistic ones can lose me, um, but if there's fucking guys jumping around and machine guns <laughs> built into a stroller, then I'm going to go um, for it. So. You should really check out Hideo Gosha Samurai movies. It's kind of a, a happy medium between the two. Okay. Because um, there's a definite, you know, uh, real technique or a real kind of class on display, but he, he definitely doesn't shy away from... Uh, uh, you know, violence and uh, some of some of the seedier aspects and the moral gray areas. I think you might like those a lot, as opposed to you know the the drier samurai films. I guess if I had to get down to it, I'd say that my number nine is really just the first three movies all over again because I did watch <laughs> them all right back to back. So, but oh, there you uh, go. but I had seen the first two already, so it's just going to say the third. So they all kind of they all kind of start running together, but it doesn't really matter <laughs> to me because I'll watch yeah. them over and over anyway. So. Uh, but now I still need to watch the fourth and fifth. So, awesome. cool. Um, let's see, number eight for CDR. Okay. Uh, anyone who listened to uh, Mill Creeps knew that uh, I sort of went through a Abel Ferrara renaissance <laughs> this past year, uh, starting with the Driller Killer. Uh, I played catch up. I, you know, I hadn't seen Miss Forty Five. That was a list of shamer. Um, nice. I I caught up with. Uh, Fear City as well. Uh, but the one that caught me out of left field was The Funeral from 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I like that one. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, the, amazing fucking cast on this movie. Christopher Walken, Chris Penn, uh, Annabella Sciorra, Isabella Rossellini, Vincent Gallo, Benicio Del Toro, uh, Gretchen Maul. Uh, it's oh, a period, uh, period gangster flick. For uh, I think it takes place in the 30s. Uh, you know, it's a crime family uh, dealing with um, union stuff, but mo- more importantly, it's it's more just a family type movie, and it's really. F- I mean, to say it's dark. I mean, all Abel Ferrara's movies are dark. Christopher Penn takes that chick. <laughs> oh my fucking god, Chris Penn! Yeah, you're gonna beat so- the devil. Yeah, he's so fucking <laughs> awesome in this movie, and and so horrifying and creepy, and yeah, he's he's really awful, and. Um, uh, Vincent Gallo is surprisingly lucid for the most part. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He seems like a normal dude. I like when the movie. one dude's fucking that girl and he's just sitting by the bed just watching him. <laughs> he's, and then he's going over like kissing her while the guy's fucking her and shit. Yeah, I mean, that I mean, chick you, was on Celebrity Rehab too. <laughs> of course. She was in an Abel Ferrara movie. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah, was the I mean, chick from um, LA Confidential when. Uh, I think Russell Crowe goes over to the car and he thinks that she's been beat up. She's oh, got the yeah, big bandage the, on her nose. Yeah, Buzz, Buzz Meeks is like yeah. in the car. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, you look at the cover, it looks like a gangster movie, but it's 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 as Abel Ferrara as it is typical hmm. gangster. It's it's a dark, uh, seedy fucking movie. And it's, I, it's, I mean, it's one of the last great Christopher Walken performances too because, I mean, cool. Balls of Fury and all that. <laughs> those were good too though you know. <sighs> yeah. well you know cool all right uh number eight for myself uh old dragon eyes which is uh the john hyams joint with kung lee and uh i almost put that uh, on my list peter weller <laughs> i did and i fucking i didn't it didn't make it, it you want to put it on your uh 20b yeah, be it, make it twenty. No, worry, a twenty B behind the 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 porn clip. It'll be number yes. eight or number seven B. There you go, seven B. Oh, there you go. Yeah, this is a movie. You know, um, 
it it, it, it kind of got pooped on a little bit by a lot of people that have seen it. And not that I entirely blame them because it's um it's because it's, it's a turd. Well, no, <laughs> um, you know, sometimes a turd in the mouth is pretty good. Yeah, um, it's worth in the bush um, or something. <laughs> a turd in the a turd in the mouth is worth two turds in the bush. <laughs> they have a turd in the bush. It's got dingleberries. I need to. I need to. Uh, I need to look crack. this up. If I can, I wonder if I can find that. <laughs> oh, but yeah, this one. You know, it's really Jean Claude Van Damme is you know inconsequential for the most part. He he really doesn't add much, but I think. Just the the kind of a uh, mood of the film, the atmosphere, and just the general tempo of it, like really kind of got to me. And I really, really started to enjoy it. And you know, obviously, Kung Lee is just a big brick of uncharismatic dough, but um, <laughs> but he's got a really cool look to him. And you know, as the movie goes on, it's a little hypnotic. And so I kind of just, I don't know, it it, it really uh, you know stood out to me. I ended up really, really enjoying it. I liked its tempo and. But honestly, if if Peter Weller wasn't playing it up as a Mr. V, you know, uh, like chewing up the scenery, I probably wouldn't have liked it as much because he's really like 98% of the personality in this movie. But by hook or by crook, it it, it really kind of worked and I I ended up really enjoying it. Um, I don't know. It could end up being, you know, one of those things where I just appreciate what it did a lot and that sort of elevated it. You know, maybe if I went completely objective, I might be like, "Yeah, this there's problems all over the place." Yeah, who'd want to do that though? But you know, it's um, b- because of what it did and how it pulled it off. I, I ended up really uh, enjoying it. I thought it was good fun. There's nothing wrong so, with enjoying something. So the the first <laughs> result when I Google uh, "turd in bush" <laughs> is. Uh, I, I, my I've now Jim learned. In my bush at, uh, I've, <laughs> I've now learned that uh, George W. Bush nicknamed Carl Rove "Turd Blossom." Turd Blossom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Which is apparently was a ter- term of endearment, but because a turd blossom is uh, a Texas uh, slang for a flower growing out of a pile of cow shit. He should have just fucking dropped what the blossom the part. Uh, cool, Zom. What's your uh, what's your number? What are we on? Eight. Your number eight. Eight. Let me get. Uh, I was looking at a pic. Uh, well, whatever. Wow. Uh, if you Google "turd blossom," you find a bunch of glorious photoshops. This movie <laughs> is from 1955. Uh, what's that? Wasn't the uh, wasn't there wasn't there a turd blossom in one of the movies we did with fucking Rutger Hauer where he put a flower in the girl's butthole? <laughs> he put the flower in her butthole. I like that. That was awesome. Yeah, so turd blossom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a random turd fruits. Turk fruit. There's a random couple pictures of Paul Dano when you Google turd blossom. <laughs> oh my god, he's so gross in fucking prisoners. <laughs> so I watched weird. that. Yeah. I just spit beer onto my keyboard. <laughs> yeah, now I wipe it up with to... your dick. <laughs> what? Use your ball sack. Sop I think he's supposed to play not... Carl Rove and something. Maybe that's why it comes uh, up. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. 1955's uh, Confidential Report, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Arkadin. It's directed by Orson Welles <laughs> and starring Orson Welles. Yeah, Orson yeah. Welles. He has awesome. a great big giant fucking beard in this, and he's a fucking uh, <laughs> rich fucking bastard kind of a... Uh, uh, I don't know, not a Coke brother kind of guy, but he's sort of just like a, he's the puppet master. 
drink. Um, this also has Michael Redgrave and some other people in it, but I just like Orson Welles. I have developed a real, uh, I don't know. I, I, I got on a tear where I wanted to watch everything that he, uh, directed and, you know, that because he's interesting, the camera angles and everything, he'll shoot right up somebody's fucking nose or turn the camera sideways and do all this weird shit. Plus then the way that he directs the people, there's, I, there has to have been a conscious effort to either get people that were good actors and make them seem, make them, I don't know. It's like he, it's like Charlton Heston playing a Mexican in that fucking movie. It was the one that, uh, <laughs> what was that? Touch Where of Evil? He, he, yeah, Touch of Evil. And how, I don't know, he consciously makes these, or he had to have had these actors be shitty on purpose because I know some of the actors in the movies and they're good actors, but kind of like M night Shyamalan. Yeah. It's just odd. It's there's something odd about it. And I was like, wait, are, are these people, there's something fucked up, but uh, I like Orson Wells before he got like real fat and was on Johnny Carson and doing commercials and stuff. He seemed like a really interesting dude. So check this out. Sweet. Oh, excuse you. Um, nine number eight was another list of Shamer from this past year, um, 1967. Uh, a cool Paul Newman <gasps> and a not so cool George Kennedy and cool hand Luke. Oh my God. Oh, cool. I had never Love seen it, it and I'm very glad I had. I've almost watched it again, even though I'm very anal about, okay, I've seen it already. I need to watch something new. I need to watch something new. Um, <laughs> but uh, I love this fucking movie, the egg scene, and the... Just keep shaking uh, that bush. What we've got here is a <laughs> failure to communicate. And, uh, you know, it's I, I, this movie was just fantastic. And um, I love these movies that can be... Not so much plot driven, just kind of the feel of it. You know, there's it, it definitely has a has a, a a beginning, middle, and end, but it's more about these guys doing their thing together and the fucking just uh, so sweaty. And I, I I remember what made me put this on my list. There's an episode of Cheers, and one of the intro skits. Everybody's like. They're trying to decide the sweatiest movie of all time. <laughs> and somebody goes, cool hand Luke. And everyone's like, ah! And so I was like, oh, I need to see it. Never seen it. So, yes, definitely a sweaty movie. Disgustingly sweaty. But fantastic nonetheless. Um, and you should uh, you should own it if you haven't even seen it. I don't, I don't know if it's on it Blue. I watched be. it online somewhere. You would think. It's a classic. It's a classic. Um, I, you know, I, I, I like me some, I like me some 60 cinema. Um, Joe Don Baker know. was in that too. Dennis Hopper. Lots of people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So cool. That was my number eight. Number seven, CDR. Yeah. Mine is across a hundred and tenth street. Yeah. Oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Yafet Koto in almost everything I've ever seen him in. Um, it's no different here. Um, Do you remember on GGTMC when I think Sammy was calling him Yafet Kata and the head <laughs> called in and said, I don't know who the fuck this <laughs> Yafet Kata is in the movie you're talking about. <laughs> that was so awesome. That was a classic GGTMC moment. Yes, it was. From the past. 
But yeah, yeah, I mean, this jumped into my uh, top five uh, black exploitation movies. It's I, I loved seeing the the contrast between Anthony Quinn and Yafet Koto, and um, the plot is just I don't know. It's that whole um, you know black neighborhood versus the mafia thing. Uh, I don't know. It's just it's it's fucking great. And did 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 uh, Anthony Quinn was he was. I can't, I can't think of anything offhand. Did he ever play not somebody just kind of like a? I mean, he was he was good in the 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 one where he was a boxer, but he's always like he was Zorba some kind the of like Greek? yeah, he was always some kind of like hulking some guy or you know some he's scary or mean or you know <laughs> is that, maybe it was his face or something. I think but he yeah, did. I he didn't he do like uh, romantic movies uh, when he was younger. I, everybody did. I mean, probably, but I wonder if you, I wonder which I haven't seen any of those. But I wonder if you, which one he was, guess, better at, because he definitely had the face to be the gruff guy. But yeah, awesome. Uh, let's see, Jake, you're number seven. Okay. Uh, first things first. Uh, cool Hand Luke is on Blu-ray for seven dollars and eighty-eight cents yeah. on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, Blu-ray.com gives its video rating a four out of five so apparently it's a good transfer good enough yay all right um my number seven is a kindred spirit to um cool hand luke and that is u.s seals 2 um (laughs) (laughs) this is a uh (laughs) it's an isaac florentine joint these next two are uh the uh, awesome fabian special um (laughs) yes I this like is Florentine. Who stars in this motherfucker? This is uh, Michael uh, Worth, um, Damien Chapa, uh, Marshall Teague. Uh, let's see here. It's got know. one guy in it that belong. He he was on this show. Um, fuck, wish I remember what it was called. It was like Marshall Masters or something like that. It was basically it was something that I watched when. I, I, when I was a kid on Saturday mornings, it was basically pro wrestling, but with martial artists mm. and they would have like these little tournaments. And, uh, so it, it's got people from that. Um, <laughs> because, you know, Isaac 14 is very much in tune with that world with all the power Rangers stuff. But, uh, this one, and I'll just read you the synopsis. Uh, a commando of retired U.S. SEALs must invade an island in northern Japan from where a rogue ex-SEAL, which is Damien, Damien Chapa, uh, he menaces <laughs> to launch a nuclear strike against the U.S., but because of a leak of natural gas, fighting is restricted to blade weapons. Um, basically, they can't shoot anything, and so they just do a bunch of martial arts shit. Nice. And it's just, Damien Chapa's uh, fucking amazing. He relishes being a villain and chomping on a cigar, and there's just a shit ton of fighting in it. It's over the toply, over the toply, turning that into a fucking adverb. Oh. Um, it's <laughs> David Max gonna crucify me for that. Um, it is, it is so much fucking fun. It is absolutely fantastic, and it is only. Uh, second to uh, what's next on my list, so I'll just move on from U.S. Seals mm, too. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Actually, I don't even know. Number four might even top that, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Nice. U.S. Seals two. People should see it. It probably costs like two dollars on Amazon. It is worth checking $2 out. Two dollars is probably cost less than that. Probably, yeah. U.S. Seals two. 
<laughs> the resealing. <laughs> Zom, you're number seven. Uh, this is another Orshan Vels. I think it's spelled, it's pronounced Vels. Probably. It's like Vim Vendors. Wim Wenders, Orson Vels. Vel- we should do Paris, Texas on the show. Fuck that <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> the Lady of Sh- from Shanghai, starring Rita Hareworth, who is one fucking hot mama, even though in this one she's got her hair kind of cut short and blonde, which was Orson Welles probably saying, you know, you may be hot, but you're just fucking dumb cunt to me. So <laughs> if you want to be in this movie, you better cut your hair. Yeah, I shouldn't use the C word. That's that other show's fucking... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's their thing. I want to steal their gimmick. Uh, Orson Welles stars <laughs> into this fucking good movie. Same thing as uh, the other Orson Welles movie. Uh, it's fucking got this weird camera work, and uh, the people were very strange and odd. And uh, liked a lot. I liked it a lot. It was very good. Cool. My number seven is another one we did on the show. I think this might be yep the last one that we did on the show this time. And I'm in nine territory now, ladies and germs. Um, this is uh, another Polanski movie, um, 1968, Rosemary's Baby. Um, uh, ugh, you you gave it a good I score said, too, jerk. Yeah, <laughs> jerk. What are you talking about? <laughs> Don't uh me. Um, <laughs> I'm the one that fucking bought it at goddamn fucking quarters or something. Criterion. Yeah, you bought, like, the Criterion or something. Um, I really like Mia Farrow in the movie, and uh, you know, deserved. she, she, <laughs> uh, it's uh, it, you know, based on the book, which I haven't read, but I, it, 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 it set off a, a me trying to find tons of movies about Satanism and cults and stuff. So I knew it was doing something right in uh, uh, early John Cassavetti's role, and I just, I, I really, I, it, it stuck with me. I really liked it a lot, and I, uh, I, I look for the you know elements of this in other films that i've seen since then so but again since we reviewed it you can go and listen to a much more well maybe rambling discussion (laughs) but uh yeah rosemary's baby was quite quite good um so cool cdr number six Uh uh-oh where'd he go i don't know um, it looks like we're still connected to him. Okay. Should oh, I just go ahead or? Oh, all right. I'm there back. he is. You're back. Sorry. I was, uh, Son of a bitch. You, you guys made me spit beer onto my touchpad on my MacBook <laughs> and, and my, and my cursor wasn't working. I had a little, oh, no. I had a little panic moment there for a second. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you working in this, in this field, I know this is a f- expensive fucking repair too. So keep, be careful. <laughs> it, it got, I, I, I wiped it down all nicely and it's working. Okay, down. good. Uh, it, so in a, in a, a perfect moment of uh, comedic timing, my number six is from 1984. It's directed by Vim Vendors. Nice. Uh, stars uh, Harry uh, Dean Stanton. Co <laughs> <laughs> stars the lovely Kinski. And it uh, is 1984's Paris, Texas. God, that movie is so fucking good. It's so fucking good, man. Like, I, I can't believe it. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's gorgeous to look at. It's got that so perfect. It's the sky, but I don't want to fucking look at it for goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's got that perfect sort of foreign perspective on American or Americana 
in a lot of ways. Uh, yes. Harry Dean was the perspective that Americans are boring. <laughs> Could be. Maybe it Germans are boring and they just don't know how to translate that to Americans. Yeah, I don't know. To Hitler. Either way, how boring is it? I think Harry Dean Stanton is absolutely fucking captivating in this movie. He's impossible yeah. not to watch and like heartbreaking. And the scenes of him in the in the uh, strip club. Or whatever it's called, the oh, jerk the off fucking, like the peep. Oh my god! It's when he it's can't heartbreaking, her. absolutely Fuck. heartbreaking. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, uh, I cried like a bitch a lot of times this year, but this one really, uh, this <laughs> really? one really had me loafing hard. <laughs> awesome. All uh, right, Jake, number six. All right, uh, finishing up the uh, awesome Fabian double feature. Actually, five B. <laughs> Uh, will be or six B. I'm sorry. Uh, is is Riot? Uh, which was uh, shit. I got the DVD right there. I'm gonna have to just look at it. It's That's got a PM um, entertainment joint, right? Yeah, man. It's got uh Gary Daniels <laughs> and Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh and God. It's <laughs> it's a rip on the L.A. riots, and it's just like it's L.A. It's the L.A. riots on crack. Um, it's a shit ton of fun. I won't spend too much time on that. But the other, the real number six is uh, Special Forces. Uh, another <laughs> Isaac Florentine, <laughs> another Marshall Teague film. But this one's got Scotty Atkins in it. Yeah, nice. and he's he's rocking his uh, normal British accent. Um, and so this movie's this one's in uh, uh, Serbia. Uh, and that's a stretch for Florentine too. Yeah, I know Eastern European location. Um, but this one's a shit ton of fun, and it's got an incre- like a legitimately incredible uh, final fight between Scott Atkins and this fucking jagoff dude that has like the worst haircut I've ever seen in a film, <laughs> and he just plays like this weasel that does nothing in the film. He just kind of like hangs out behind the main bad guy and just smirks. And then you finally get to see him fight, and he's actually a, a reasonable badass. And uh, they have a, this <laughs> they have this great fight in a barn. Um, but no, it's 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 fucking great, and it's a lot of fun. And uh, I, I I I love it. What? <laughs> it's fucking great, man. It's great. Um, great. I don't know what great. else. Glad people should people should see it. Fork over six dollars so you can go see Riot, $6. Special Forces, oh. and uh, U.S. Seals too. It'll, it, it'll, it'll make your night, man. If you watch this back to back to back, you'll, you'll, you'll be a happy individual. Florentine seemed like a pretty nice guy too. I met him at, for a few minutes at uh, that action movie festival. Oh yeah, years ago. Yeah, he seemed like a pretty cool guy. I, I, nice. I, I talked to Marcos Roar longer, and he was definitely nice. But Florentine was kind of here and there. But he was, he seemed cool when I got to talk to him a little bit. Yes. <sighs> Psalm, what's your number six? Uh, wait a minute. Okay. Number oh, six. sorry. Let's put the podcast on hold. <laughs> got to... Notre Jour Vedra from 2010. <laughs> what? Directed by Roman Gavras. What was uh, the name of it again? <laughs> Notre Jour Vedra. 
Are you uh, are you Bella Lugosi? What is this? that's what it's called? <laughs> or our day will come from 2010 <laughs> with uh, Vincent Cassel and uh, uh, this is really good. I first heard about it on Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema that brings class to trash since 1977. Uh, it's really good. <laughs> Casal is fucking so awesome in this. It will fucking... It, it's just... I'm not saying it's my favorite performance of his, but it's fucking right up there. And he and uh, him and this guy pick up some... Uh, um, what look to be teenage girls. And he... Uh, <laughs> unleashes his charisma on them including like sticking his fingers and shit in the one's mouth and talking dirty to her and stuff and uh, all kind of weird shit it's very good our day will come check it who is uh, Vincent Cassell Vincent Cassell who is Vincent Cassell that's that one guy that was with the big nose that was married to what's her face (laughs) Vinny Castle Vinny you know any cassettes? All right, cool. Cassettes. Um, let's see. My number six. Let's try. I'll try the Zom thing. Nineteen sixty-two. Uh, let's see if I can find the in Yugoslavia. It was Lorenz and Arabije. Yeah. Uh, what could that possibly be? <laughs> in Italy, Lawrence de Arabia. <laughs> Um, yes. I'm getting closer. What was yeah, you're getting. <laughs> hang on. In uh, in uh, Japan, it was Arabia no <laughs> Roentsu. Roentsu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Lawrence of Arabia. One I've never seen, and I made it through all 17 hours of it, and was not <sighs> bored. And yeah. I was, and I was. Uh, I think it was around the same time I watched Army of. Uh, Arm, uh, Army, of Dark- Army of Shadows. Army of Shadows. Yes, not Army of Darkness, <laughs> but but this one was earlier on in the sickness, so it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. But it was. This was definitely. This was on my shame list, and I'm glad I finally got to it. Um, when fantastic. did you realize that Lawrence was gay? About ten minutes in. Yeah. The. Uh, <laughs> Um, this, uh, again, any, any movie, and I say this a lot, but any movie that makes me seek out either more information or just kind of related things or whatever is, is always, a it, it, it sticks with me. And this one, um, you know, based on the, uh, life of T.E. Lawrence and, you know, you, you definitely want to, uh, at least I did want to, you know, find out more about How this about guy. fucking it's, beginning sh- that the shot right at the beginning where they run the titles and he's riding the motorcycle. That's yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. This, I mean, the, this whole thing, and it's like the the, yeah, the scope awesome. of this is is just pretty pretty amazing. The um the the amount of uh, of work, you know, it's funny. I compare it to uh this, not the movie, but there's a White Stripes video where every I don't remember the name of the song, but every time they hit a drum or like the guitar stroke in the video, it's like a new drum set in like forms. And the, like they're, the hardest they're like, button to button. Yeah. So I had a friend that would uh, in college when that when he saw that video he said this video makes me exhausted because I could, all I can think about is how much work it took to <laughs> build all that shit and then have to take it back apart part again. This is the kind of the same thing where there's there's scenes in this movie where like 
it's just mind boggling to get everything in unison at once. And I, I, you know, when you watch it, you just feel like overwhelmed at times about the, the, the scope of it all. And it's, 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 it was, it's, it's, it was quite, quite good. Well, and getting back to his like sexual proclivities for the time, it's pretty amazing that they actually, they, incor- I mean, they, they incorporate that in and, it, yeah. and imply why he sort of became a sadomasochist and stuff like, it's, yeah, it's pretty it's, interesting. It was, um, I mean, definitely look this look for this one if you haven't seen it. Put it on your list of shame. Um, don't let the runtime uh, get you down. It is broken up into two parts if you wanted to watch it that way. So, I mean, it's got an intermission essentially. So, um, when you when the intermission came up, did you watch it all the way through? And then at the intermission, you got up and went out in the lobby and mingled and. Well, I was I was lying in bed. I was lying in bed feeling <laughs> ill, so uh, <laughs> snuggling his giant bottle of Pepto. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I, w- I just realized we've reached the time for break. Um, yes. That was that was number six. Cool. Uh, so we'll take a break and we'll come back and get down to the the nitty gritty. We'll do our top five right after this. <laughs> All right, man, we really got to record a promo for this thing. Should we write a script for this? Nah, fuck it, man, we'll do it live. Hey, folks, this is El Goro. And this is the Cancer Man. And we are the hosts of Talk Without Rhythm, the only podcast that will not attract the worm. That really doesn't explain what we do. Well, we watch two movies a week, we review them, we bullshit, and sometimes we say something funny. Yeah, but most of the time we just piss people off. Well, the American film viewing public can't handle most of what we have to say. But if you think you can, you can find us on iTunes if you do a search for Talk Without Rhythm. You can also find us on our website, TWR. ORpodcast.blogspot.com, baby. Deuces. Time for the top five, everybody. God loves yeah. that cancer, man. Yeah, or El Goro, you need to make yourself a new promo, buddy. He has the most masculine voice I think I've ever heard. God, his balls must be the size of fucking grapefruit. They are. <laughs> yeah, like those guys Ooh. that inject the saline into them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except no saline. <laughs> Um. So yeah, number. Let's see. Let's get into our top five here, and we'll still go rotate around the table. Um, CDR, your number five. My number five is from 1964, and it is Serbsky directed by Roger Karma. A.K.A. The Mask of the Red Death, directed by Roger Corman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this stars Vincent Price. And it's, uh, I got into the Cormans this year and um, the, his Edgar Allan Poe adaptations. And I, I didn't expect them to look as amazing as they do. 
Um, they basically look, this one especially, looks like an EC comic on film. Nice. And it's got, it sort of incorporates, um, I think, some elements of Murders in the Rue Morgue. Um, but Vincent Price is is a supreme piece of shit as a, <laughs> as sort of a feudal prince who, uh, you know, the, the plague is going around and he's he's uh, lording it over the the peasants and uh, he he's got some sort of uh, sadistic games going on in his castle with all his uh, highfalutin buddies and uh, I, I think other than uh, Witchfinder General I think it's my favorite Price role. And uh, definitely, so far, my favorite Corman movie. It it's on par with Hammer films, if not better. I think. Oh wow! Okay. And I loved it. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Um, number five for me is a movie that was rated X. Apparently, at some point, <gasps> maybe what? still is. Permission? Huh? Did you get it, permission to watch it? Yeah, I think it's only because you get to see some bush. And uh, that's um, Dressed to Kill. Turd in Bush? Yeah. Uh, directed by old uh, Palma DeBrian. Nice. It's got uh, Mike Cocaine and uh, Nancy Allen wearing some interesting um, clothing near the back end of the film. And Zom uh, <laughs> moaning in the background. I know. I just ruined the rest of the show because I'm just going to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah man I, I i had always meant to see this film i just never got around to it and i uh, picked up the blue at uh best buy and yeah it kicked my ass it's a fucking fantastic yeah. film that one's really great yeah it was really uh it, it it almost felt like because i really didn't know much about this film at all other than its its reputation so i didn't know the deal with uh uh how the film was structured particularly surrounding angie dickinson's character so when that played out as it did, I mean, that was a real... <laughs> There's some more moaning. Yeah, Andy <laughs> Dickinson was still hot in this movie, too. Yeah, so. yeah she man. was old and hot in that one. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, I, I would compare it to another film, but in case anyone hasn't seen the film, I don't I don't want to ruin it, but yeah, it's obviously a callback to something old, old, old Hitchy did, but uh, it, it worked incredibly well, and uh, it had a fantastic uh, little ending, even if it's a little... Um, on PC by today's standards, <laughs> uh, but fuck it, it's it's fantastic. It's really fucking good, and um, I'm I'm super happy I saw it. Nice, some yeah. your number five. Yeah, it. Uh, this is 1950s. <sighs> <laughs> the Man, uh, directed by Fred Zinnemann, uh, starring Marlon Brando. And I have—I'm a big fan of Marlon Brando, and I had tried to see all his movies, and I, but I never watched this one because this is like I think the first movie, the first like really big mainstream movie that he did, and it was fucking awesome. It for it being uh, 1950, it basically deals with um, uh, soldiers that come back from World War II and they're disabled. Uh, whether they're quadriplegic, paraplegic, whatever, and they're all in this um, hospital ward where they take care of these guys. It kind of uh, there was a lot of it that reminded me of the later movie Coming Home with John Voight and Bruce Dern when John Voight was in the hospital. Uh, some really hard ass subject matter is dealt with in this in this movie, including uh, you know this young guy coming back from the war and he he's in a wheelchair, can't use his legs, uh, and um, has to uh, deal with all the psychological 
things that that brings, but also uh, getting back together and with his uh, uh, girlfriend that he had, you know, when he when we come back, we're going to get married, blah, 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 and all this and that, and then trying to um, recoup all that shit and all the stuff that goes down there. It's real good. It's, uh, it was on Netflix, and I'm not sure if it is still or not, but uh, check it out. Check it out. <laughs> All right, my next one, 1967, um, known as Dans la Chaleur de la Nuit, um, In the Heat of the Night, uh, with uh, those ah. two guys. Yeah, Rod Steiger and Sydney Poitier. Ah, oh, Rod Steiger. <laughs> Holy shit, I, what the I fuck? I watched that last year, too. <laughs> what? I just got on Facebook. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, you haven't you haven't uh, experienced a uh, a group uh, a group outing. Now you know no. if you ever listen back to the, um, I mean a group uh, recording with us here like this because if you ever have uh, if you ever listened to the the gentleman's guide when we did episode one hundred when we oh. were we couldn't breathe that yeah. was because that was what was going on on the background there. So. We're, we're getting um, we're we're all experiencing Zom's true top twenty of twenty. <laughs> Most number of it 13. Number 13. <laughs> a lot of gagging and fisting. <laughs> um, yeah, I love... I Lolly love gagging around the infield. Lolly gagging. Lolly gagging. Um, you know, this, this movie had the... The slap and the, I love the... I love when Rod Steiger's sitting in his cop car on that bridge, that one scene, and uh, uh, it's... it's his, Warren uh, Oates is in it, too. Warren Oates is in it as well. Yes, he's he's what he's like the deputy or something, right? Interesting character. Yes, he is. Um, This is one I had seen. um, Well, not seen. This is one I had started years and years ago and never finished, and then I added it this past year again to my my large William list of shame. Um, So I'm glad I finally checked this one out too because. it's it's again back uh, you know uh, uh, the 60s films were my kind of were kind of my thing i think this year so <laughs> i w- i also watched it uh for the first time this la- past year but apparently yeah. grotesque and uh nightmare beach were better <laughs> <laughs> um portier is really good and immediately following this i watched another one where he he is a prison uh like psychiatrist um with uh, bobby darren i can't remember the name of it but made me want to check out some more Poitier. So, uh, but yeah, check this one out if you haven't seen it. Cause I, it's, just, it's really good. So. Oh, goo. Oh. Number four. Giddy, giddy, giddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to hold it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, just... <clears throat> it's right. so, uh, there's so much foul shit. And then there's just a random one of a dude getting a hand job. Like it's so <laughs> like there's a, there's normal. A, a fist at the same time. So. Uh, oh, is there? Uh, my, I think oh. so. I don't know. There's so hey, many. Just, no, it's from tabutugjobs.com. <laughs> Tabutugjobs. I just like the name of the, the uh, site, actually, on that. <laughs> I'm guessing that's her brother or something. That last one is so bad. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Maybe in your mind. God. Maybe in your mind. Don't judge. Big boy. Does that uh, look fun to you? Why is he wearing a, gl- why is he wearing a glove on the, on the, <laughs> on the hand job hand? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's about the text. Okay. 
<laughs> number four. My number four is kind of fitting for what we're talking about right now. Uh, <laughs> it's from 1975, directed by Pier Paolo Pasolini. Uh, oh, no. It is Salo, <laughs> or the 120 Days of Sodom. <laughs> I watched this movie. I don't know if this is creepy or not. The first time I watched this movie, I watched it. I put it on the. I, I played it in the the movie theater by myself at two in the morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll one up you on that one. I I watched this while eating uh, veggie dogs covered in uh, horseradish, <laughs> and they were delicious, <laughs> and it was nice. awesome. Uh, this movie's got a reputation for you know it's put up in sort of the same. Uh, company with Cannibal Holocaust and, and ah. shit like that, but I honestly think that this movie it's not really in that same caliber in terms of uh, the the stuff you see on screen. Um, good. I think it's I, 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 it's better. <laughs> I mean, well, it's I think I think maybe it could be put there because of the intended audience for it, because Cannibal Holocaust is made for the person looking for something sleazy, as where this almost seemed like it was released for. A it's more artistic art going art. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got some hardcore elements to it in terms of like what you see on screen, but it's got a lot more to say than than just like man is who's the real cannibal. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean this this has a lot to say about fascism and and oh, sort of the, the complacence that people come to experience when they're in power and and just that whole I don't know. It, it's got it's also really darkly funny. I don't know if, what that says about me, but I, I found a lot of stuff in it uh, oddly funny. Uh, you can tell he was in the same sort of crowd with Fellini in that respect. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I went into it expecting a sleaze fest, and you definitely get that in in, in parts. But uh, it's it's a lot smarter uh, yeah. than than a lot of people I think give it credit. Awesome, nice. Jake number four. All right, uh, this one. Uh, this one stars uh, Kane Hodder as bodyguard, um, <laughs> Henry S- <laughs> Henry Silva as Ace Duran, uh, Chuck uh, Connors as Ed Cooper, Ron O'Neill as George Cotton Shorter, uh, Harold Diamond as Locke Sin, yeah. Robert. <laughs> oh my God, this movie. <laughs> Robert Zadar as Walter Magic. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Marshall Teague as Felix Brenner and Frank Sagarino as Matt Cooper, and that's trained to kill. Trained to kill. Trained this uh, this Fucking is neck bone throwing star. Oh my god! It's just. It just needs to be seen, man. It's just fucking stupid and fun and ridiculous. Um, I think there's that one scene where, like, uh, uh, what's his face, Henry Silva, just. Sets Marshall Teague on fire with a flamethrower. Uh, I think if I'm remembering that right, maybe I'm just uh, I, I don't want to click there. Oh, it's just Dusty Roads, Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, baby, Death he's got a big baby. lump on his yeah, belly. Heard <laughs> uh, it's old giggly bits here. I'm going to um, bend over, baby, and you're going to reach between my legs and milk me like a cow. Milk me like a cow till it blanches. <laughs> milk my cow titties in public, baby. Uh, this movie was released on February 2nd in 1980 uh, in Turkey. Um, 
I don't know. It's fucking good, man. <laughs> this is a fantastic little goofy ass action film that has a ludicrously over the top ending involving a helicopter. It's ludicrous, um, daddy. Yeah, exactly. Ludicrous. I like to picture. Daddy. I like to picture um, Turkish guards giggling while watching this. Uh, while Brad Davis is having gay sex in the prison in Midnight Express. <laughs> Their backs are completely turned, and he's just, like, grasping the bars. This is help. what they were watching before he finally escaped and put that one guy's head through the, the, the coat hanger. Uh, <laughs> awesome. That locks in. It's an important film. Um, yeah, people should see it. It's fucking awesome. Excellent. Zom, number four. Un profeta, yeah. director Jacques Odiard, Tarim <laughs> Nezarastrup Adel Ben Cherif, 2009's A Prophet. <laughs> Un profeta. <laughs> uh, I really like this. Uh, this is another one. I, it, it was not at all what I expected. I had seen. Uh, the box for it and for some reason i got this fucking weird idea that it was about like uh some uh muslim religious zealot who was coming to america or something to blow i i guess it's because we had so many movies come out after 9-11 about uh you know uh al-qaeda or guys doing shit like that and then mm-hmm. when i watched it, i was like fuck this is not what this is one. I'm disappointed. No, it was really good. Good prison movie. Lots of uh, good shit in it. Uh, excellent. I I fucking enjoyed the poop out of it. I got to see that in the theater at two o'clock in the morning. No, no. I actually watched this one as a as a patron. So, I mean, I got it for free, but I got I went during normal <laughs> business hours. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that one too. Cool. Uh, my number four, um, this is one I just avoided for a long time because I always assumed for some reason that it was just, I thought it was a drama or something. I didn't realize for, you know, it's just total ignorance on my part that it was actually a documentary. Yes, a documentary has made it into my top five. What? Um, Terry Zweigoff directed, Zweigoff, uh, Crumb from 1994. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, repped it hard for me. CDR, I know you did too, um, I think. Uh, the um, I I I really I'm 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 drawn to documentaries about uh, the artistic process usually. Um, you know, Cutie and the Boxer I saw for the film for a film this year that I thought was very good. Same kind of thing. Um, documentaries about artists always really intrigue me. Uh, and Crumb is just a really fucking interesting man. Uh, his whole family in general. There, you never know exactly if you should envy them or pity them or maybe both at the same time because all of them seem very talented at different things even though they're weird as fucking hell you know um (laughs) now charles was the was the guy that still lived at home right charles his brother charles and then max was the one that lived that had the bed of nails hardly ever took a bath and he didn't have any teeth and he like yeah and he ate he couldn't even get an erection anymore the but all of them are like or Charles. I, I loved I loved like the parts with Crumb going through the old comics that him and his brother used to make and his like you know this is when my brother got obsessed with doing the lines around all the characters like everybody had the like wrapped lines around them yeah. and stuff and it's almost like ins- it's like insanity and his and just watching him draw is and it was all because of Scutch the guy uh, that yeah. you picked on <laughs> yeah. in school yeah and that's like he ruined you know, that whole family. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's like the you know it was even funny with the mom finally deciding to talk to the camera, but uh, you know I was reading I think on on Wikipedia or something somewhere that like the the people that nominate for Oscars like didn't even watch this whole movie they like walked out of it. Um, <laughs> they probably the, got to uh, that super racist comic that he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had a few of those, yeah. Um, and I, I first came across Crumb's work through um, the American Splendor. And, mm. you know, I, I, I never even realized, honestly, I didn't look into it even much more after that. I, I learned more about his work just through this alone. So this is, it's, it's, a, it's a great documentary, and it's, uh, I'm, I just I wish I hadn't put it off for so long. So. Well, and it's an interesting examination because you find out through the, the course of the movie that one of his biggest um, processes is climbing around on giant asses like a fucking lemur. <laughs> <laughs> he loves the big butts and the big and the thick muscular legs. And, yeah. he, and he's like Don't four feet it. tall, so he's just sort of grasped <laughs> onto them like they're a palm tree. <laughs> and it's 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 it was neat how Zweigoff didn't really take a I'm not saying his name right is it Zweigoff or Zweigoff Zweigoff I I like how he never he doesn't take a side with the with a uh, with the movie like he just shows Crumb for who he is and it's like you'll see the the cartoon of for instance the woman with no head uh, with the, the guy just basically he just wants to, the body to fuck yeah all that the didn't time. go over too well with some of the people <laughs> well yeah then you have and, and immediately you had the one lady saying like you know some of the stuff he does maybe might as well be porn and blah 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 and then somebody else immediately is like you know talking about the artistic merit of it and all this stuff and it's just it's it's interesting to see the opposing views and I just I, I thought it was very intriguing so awesome uh, whoa top three Getting down to it. Yeah. Lasers, lasers. Yeah. Like uh, what was the movie you watched? <laughs> uh, number three, Chris. My number three it was another List of Shame movie. Um, I'm a huge Kubrick fan, as most movie fans are. Uh, but for some reason or another, I hadn't gotten to this one uh, for, you know, in my entire life so uh (laughs) (laughs) this one is from 1957 stars kirk douglas and it is paths of glory yeah so good and i I can honestly say this is my favorite anti-war movie as i'm sure it's Uh, most people's um it's just fucking amazing as, as usual with kubrick it's amazingly shot amazingly acted um I don't know. I, I just I love the the slow sort of breakdown of the guys on death row, and you have, you know, uh, small parts from Joe Turkell thrown in there, and and uh, uh, my favorite Timothy Carey is is fucking so good in this. Uh, nobody can break down like Timothy Carey, or just be a fucking lunatic <laughs> like Timothy Carey. And just that, I mean, it's it's completely fucking gripping from start to finish and and i don't know it's it's up there with with stuff like all quiet on the western front is just like a perfect anti-war movie and i I mean for stanley kubrick it's what like 80 minutes something like that like it's it's so short i I didn't expect that the runtime is is really short but it it packs a lot in in that runtime and he was still in his 50s mindset i guess yeah yeah it's it's pretty fucking amazing nice Jake, are you going to blow us away with your number three? Uh, Directed yes, by Jake. Isaac Florentine. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Directed by Isaac Florentine. <laughs> no way. Uh, the Fog from uh, 1980. <laughs> nice. Um, I saw this for the very first time this year. I, I feel very shamed because... Uh, Congratulations. I love the shit out of it. I was... Yeah. I was genuinely shocked at how much I enjoyed this one. Um, you know, much much creepier than I thought it would be, much more unnerving and atmospheric because, I mean, like like most of us when we're young, you know, we're intrigued by the box art and there's nothing more plain than the box art to the fog. Um, so I was like, eh, you know, so, you know, erroneously, I, you know, kind of, pushed on the back burner forever and uh then i was uh, i was at a video store and uh, they just happened to have the blue there from uh scream factory and i picked it up and man, bar boobs yeah man knocked my socks off man it was fucking good nice. so well, and i mentioned uh mask of the red dead or mask of the red death looking like an ec comic like that movie is his most oh, like yeah. sort of classic horror like it looks like a comic book mm-hmm yeah, and I think I, it's always tricky, you know, ghost movies with a climax because usually it just comes down to you know, a, you know, a deus, deus ex machina or just some kind of ridiculously ludicrous thing that kind of resolves everything. But I, I kind of like how this movie handled it, and um, yeah, it's just it's just damn good. I, I actually want to watch it again now that I'm thinking about it. I can't go wrong with uh, Help yeah. Holbrook holding a like a lit cross screaming (laughs) (laughs) exactly it felt appropriate it felt thematically necessary and it seemed like a a perfect fit to the end of the film without you know resorting to cheesiness or schmaltziness or just uh you know oh we got out in the nick of time or some such nonsense you know it uh it it worked out I, i i liked it a whole lot um now i i i still you know a lot of people really hold this in high regard i don't think this is above you know uh Halloween or the thing, uh, at least for me. But I mean, That's fuck, gone. it's it's in the the A class, the A tier Carpenter, along with Ghost of Mars, motherfucker. Um, <laughs> actually, I, you know what? Some people like Ghost of Mars. Those people are stupid. I like uh, Ghost yeah. of Mars. You're stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> stupid. Ice, Cube, next- Ice Cube is stupid, and I like him because he's <laughs> stupid, and I'm stupid. So I'll we're stupid together. In all fairness, I haven't seen Ghost of Mars in a long time, so maybe it'll see, be so hard. You judge. It's so I haven't dumb. even, it's I a, haven't even seen it. Judge. <laughs> We're gonna get along so well in our new podcasting venture. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, what's yeah, the, name the fog of number three. Shit's awesome. And what's the name of that podcast again? Uh, Cult of Muscle. Yeah. Cult yeah. of Muscle. Coming soon to an ear hole near you. Oh, Zom, you're number three. Oh, my number three has been mentioned before. It uh, involves uh, thick blonde hair, batshit crazy, uh, Roman Polanski, Catherine... Special Forces. It's Isaac Florentine's... (laughs) (laughs) Skiflonsipudetal, which is Border Patrol, too. The rise of Border Patrol. The rise of Border Patrol. Um, This movie, uh, this and The Tenant, 
which also was directed by Roman Polanski and directed by Roman Polanski, I kind of put off and put off and put off. I don't know why. So wait, we're talking about Repulsion? We're talking about yes. Repulsion. Okay, cool. Uh, I thought this was just excellent. Uh, I wish that I would not have put it off for so long. I thought, uh, now I've seen Catherine Deneuve in some other movies. Uh, and recently I watched her in um, Hustle with Burt Reynolds. And she was, her acting was not that great. Kind of, uh, I don't know. she's not a great actress or anything. She's a damn fine looking woman. Uh, and in this one, I don't know, man. I'm telling you, I am drawn to crazy blondes, and she's crazier than shit. When she would be like just acting <laughs> normal, but she then she, you know she's just walking down the street, and all of a sudden it would be like if a bee or something was like or a a, a fucking gremlin was sitting on her shoulder, and she would just kind of like look over and be like you know get away or something like that. But there was nothing there. Yeah. Um, just a fucking awesome movie. Uh, and I, I love that I love that he you know back to Rosemary's Baby too that the whole like it's like he was working on some ideas in this and he went definitely farther with like the nightmare elements and stuff mm-hmm. but you saw a lot of like the kind of just crumbling of her psyche the same way you do with uh, Mia Farrow and, and Rosemary's like he, he kept that theme going. Yeah, I, uh, I his stuff is good. The fucker's good for a goddamn uh, rapist. That's rapist. Well, if you're gonna rape, fuck. I mean, you know. Well, speaking speaking of uh, rapists, my number three. Good movies while you're doing it. (laughs) Speaking of of underage rapists, my number uh, three. My number three, 1931's M. Ah, Uh, that's good shit. Fritz Lang. Fritz Lang. Um, this movie also known as M and M. Uh, the. it's a um, big bag of cheesy popcorn, and uh, I was interested to find out that uh, this was like uh, this. This was the Peter Lorre's like last film in Europe before he escaped the Nazis to come here and start making American movies. But um, what's that? The you know, beautifully shot film, <laughs> one I'd not seen ever, ever, and um, it's uh, again another list of Shamer. I've got one more too. You know what would be, uh, I don't know if I'd say a companion piece per se, but it just reminded me of when I was watching Prisoners and then watching this, the uh, scene with the balloon at the beginning, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it just (laughs) fucking just rips you apart. And I don't even have fucking kids. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so, it just makes you, it puts you in that that, uh, frame of mind that if something like that happened, how... There, I don't know if there could be anything more awful and more horrible because of the not knowing, yeah, and everything. And the same thing with prisoners with uh, Hugh Jackman and you know how he reacted. But in M, you're you see the little girl, you see what happened, you know, and then like I said, the just the haunting thing of that balloon just floating up into the wires, and then the 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 mom at home in the kitchen, and she's just going through her daily routine. Because she doesn't know anything's even happened yet, and you're like, "Oh my fucking god, it's, it's so good." It's 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 very well done, and 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 um, being a, a European film, I'm sure you know American films wouldn't have touched this kind of subject matter at the time, and especially the way the film wraps up. Well, there was a remake of that uh, in I think it was like in the 1950s, and um, but it, it it's it's nowhere near as fucking good. Yeah, yeah. 
this is a masterpiece. And Fritz Lang, mm-hmm. I, I've only the only other film I've seen by him actually is is Metropolis. So I know I got a lot to dig through with him. Um, his uh, his style is definitely something that works for me, and um, there's really no good reason why I haven't seen his other stuff, but finally got to this one maybe this year i'll finally watch another one of his so because <laughs> metropolis was actually i think the first time i saw metropolis all the way through was the year before last so maybe well if a... you want i'm trying to think what the fuck the name of that goddamn movie was um <laughs> you get to see i just watched one in the past week on the i think i talked about it on the last show with jack palance and um he fritz yeah Dang he was is, in it yeah you, were, you mentioned it yeah it's and really I, fucking good I was turning left at a red light when when you were talking about that. Yeah, if you get a chance, <laughs> check that one out. It's really <laughs> awesome. All right, we're getting to the top. Do ooh ooh number two. <laughs> my TDR, number. This is yours. My number two. Yes. My number two <laughs> is a movie that you guys reviewed because I made you. Uh, <laughs> you guys and. and in your review, you mentioned that you kind of liked it, but you might need another watch. <laughs> uh, and I think this one, it's its a better movie, um, I think, watched on your own terms. It's not something that's that's uh, well-viewed if it's forced on you. Uh, it's Stark David. <laughs> <laughs> no. I love Stark David. Was that from David. last year? <laughs> that was last year, I think. Okay, okay. <laughs> did you pick that one, too? Yes, I did. I know you like that movie. So. I like that one. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Um, what was that? This one, one is is from. David? That was the one with the chick, and he kept her chained up in the in the in the several uh, the, chicks his he dungeon. Kept yeah, up. yeah. Oh, okay, he, yeah, yeah. The Japanese one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I paired that one up with uh, I think rape. <laughs> Yeah, 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 the one with the one with the guy trying the, the the that gay group trying to rape rape that one guy in the movie theater and everything. Yeah. Rape that revenge. Was that was really rape revenge. They were going to get him and rape him, and that was going to be their revenge. Uh, was that the one I picked? I'm pretty sure I picked uh, rape. The what the fuck was that? Um, Jack the Ripper. Assault Jack the Ripper. Oh, yeah, assault Jack the Ripper. Ripper. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, maybe it was somebody else. <laughs> I know Zom loved Assault Jack. We, we've had some rapey movies. Yeah, you guys this one has. I think this one only has one rape. So oh, yeah. okay, I would feel um, let you on then. <laughs> Well, which which one was it? I okay, can't think of what, uh, what it was. One of my favorite Japanese director, directors is uh, Shohei Imamura. Uh, this one is uh, my favorite movie by him, and it's the Ballad of Narayama. Ah, yeah, okay. Which you know, I can see how, like I said, I can see it's two hours and ten minutes. I can see it's how if if you're sort of forced to review it. And we did the '80s one, right? And yes. There's a, there's, a, yeah, there's like a '50s one too. Yeah, I have the Criterion '50s one. I haven't watched that yet. Um, I, I I'm love still this. Trying to convince my mom that that's a good idea. You're gonna drag her up a mountain and leave her there. <laughs> <laughs> Do it with your dad instead. Oh my god, I ain't dragging his big ass up there. <laughs> I love this movie. I, I mean, it's a drama, but I think it's also really funny. I mean, the the bestiality elements are. <laughs> so <bad. laughs> you're so juvenile. It is. It's so juvenile, but uh, Japan does ju- <laughs> a juvenile humor mixed with like poignant drama, like nobody else. And I mean, this—it's such a unique concept that the idea of the peasant village, um, and then them them like combating uh, hunger by bringing their old up a mountain, and 
uh, it's almost like an elephant graveyard up there. Like the the visuals. One where they threw the those people in that fucking ditch and. Yeah, after they robbed. uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was harsh. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole movie's harsh. It's about the harshness of of being in a remote area in that era and fucking. Werner Herzog should remake that. Yes, this this does feel Herzog. Yeah, like he Herzog. loves fucking uh, how harsh and shitty everything is. And nothing's <laughs> to, pre- the number of German of movies you have on your list, you should appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> the Germans and, and the Japanese, as we know, have a lot in common. So a lady, a lady said something to me funny the other day. I mean, it was kind of. It was it was like uh, black funny, but she said uh, she, we were talking about pocket watches, and she was talking about how great the German and Swiss pocket watches are. And she's like, "Yeah, I guess when they get bored of killing and torturing people, they get they they <laughs> wow. want to just make watches." I was like, "Well, Whoa. they had to make sure that the trains and the uh, ovens ran on time." <laughs> yeah. yeah, fuck, that's not even funny. <laughs> well, when the, the Japanese get sick of torturing Chinese people, they make robots. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ballad and Ariyama. It it seems I mean, I remember seeing the cover of it, the cover of the DVD, the Anime Go DVD and thinking it looked boring as shit, but uh <laughs> I think it's anything but. It's a it's a purely entertaining and and horribly depressing and hilarious movie. <laughs> so sweet. Jake number 2. All right. Uh my number 2 is a film called Chi Tosuna. Uh, it's directed by Kihachi Okamoto. Uh, and it's got Toshiro Mifune, Tatsuya Nakadai, uh, Makoto Sato, and a bunch of young people. Uh, it's called Fort Graveyard. Uh, this is from I 1965. You said Fort Graveyard. Fort Graveyard. Porky's Graveyard. Porky's Graveyard. Belly up to the bar at the Pork Graveyard. <laughs> Poor pigs, um, man. They can't help it. <laughs> I mean, shit, those fuckers are smart, too. They're not, like, dumb. God, we fucking just shit all over them, don't we? They shit all over uh, themselves because you put them in a pen and they can't fucking... My my mom has turned into the ultimate anti-Tyson meets uh, activist. Every nice. day I open my Facebook pro- uh, page, <laughs> my news feed, and it is, a, it is a new picture of someone sledgehammering a pig... Or taking a pig, or it's it's constant inundation of animal abuse, and I I identify. My mom posts a nude picture of somebody killing a pig, (laughs) (laughs) and it's her and it's herself. It's a selfie. (laughs) Die, pig, die. I appreciate where she's coming from, but pig tastes good. I'm trying to eat my my cereal. And there's pigs being kicked in the snout, and like it's, oh, so, hor- it's so horrifying. Like if you kicked a pig in the net snout with your foot was bare, would your toes get stuck in his little nostrils? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Probably, it's probably been done. It's all been done. Bacon tastes good. I feel bad for pigs. Anyway, for fork pork graveyard. <laughs> pork, pork graveyard. Pork graveyard. <laughs> Start yeah, just throw them a food. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Start my mom and Tyson Meat. <laughs> um it's a nineteen sixty five movie. Uh Kihacha Okamoto, he's kind of a most people know him as the uh director of uh, Sword of Doom. Ah which uh, is a fantastic film, but he's normally associated <laughs> with more um <laughs> 
he obviously does a lot of period films, but he usually brings an element of uh, humor to it, comedy. You know, you don't see much of that sort of doom, but, you know, it with this one, it's very much a, uh, it's basically about, you know, Tashiro Mifune, he, he punched a superior, so they ship him off to China during the, the last days of uh, World War II, and this is where the point where, you know, Japan's hanging by a thread, and they're literally taking anyone and everyone to fight, and they basically charge him with, uh, you know, turning this, you know, marching band, essentially, into a uh, fighting, you know, division. Hmm. And uh, and obviously, you know, they're kids, they're, they don't know any better, they just know how to play music, and he's he and Makoto Sato basically have to kind of whip them up into shape, but it never really devol it never really turns into that. They basically just go out on a uh routine reconnaissance thing and they get, you know, stranded in this fort and they have to survive. And it's really like blackly comic, but really sad and it has like this really strong bite of, you know, cynicism, you know, obviously with, you know, how the military treated its citizens as well as others and, you know, how it, you know, affected people mentally and just it really highlighted the sheer absurdity in, in all facets of uh the later stages of that war and uh it's yeah. it's really really fucking good i was really blown away by it you know it's very funny very emotional very thought-provoking and it's wonderfully filmed to Mifune is fantastic and makoto sato is a madman it's uh it's it's really really good so if anybody out there can find it you look in the right places it's uh absolutely worth checking out i found it based on your recommendations yeah zom yes number two number two is 1974's the nickel ride yes directed by larry bishop yeah yeah. your name's not loaf Uh, this was directed by robert mulligan and it stars jason miller uh and uh god damn this is good um i had never even heard of this motherfucker was cdr was that you that fucking recommended this indeed yes and i found it on a um a uh double feature dvd kind of shitty little thing and yeah. uh oh this is so fucking good it made my i mean honest to god it will make your fucking dick hard it's so fucking good <laughs> bo hopkins so, bo hopkins is fucking awesome he's so fucking good in that movie god he's i mean and you just don't know where he's coming from you don't know if it's you know somebody being paranoid or you know because he's such a fucking bumpkin is he playing a is it a gimmick is it not a gimmick? But Jason Miller's fucking just awesome. The, the whole story is it's 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 one of, like you said like the outfit, how it's kind of one of those. Um, it's not like Michael Corleone or uh, Tony Montana or something like those kind of um, uh, 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 organized crime kind of people. This is a kind of a Midwest uh, almost. Uh, it's almost blue collar criminals blue, blue collar criminals it's sort of like also like uh lee marvin and uh you like to eat guts you know what was that fucking movie prime with cut? the prime what was it prime cut yeah prime cut where you're you, now of course lee marvin and those guys were coming from 
the city, but you know they're going out Midwest, like you know whether it's Kansas City or somewhere like that. And uh, uh, Jason Miller is the key man. He basically is the guy, the go-to guy that everybody goes to for uh, I don't know, like truck hijackings and things like that. Uh, not that he's the guy that does it. He's the guy that uh, is sort of the middleman or the guy that uh, gets everything uh, set up to to store the the stuff they steal or to um, he he's a corrupt kind of a corrupt um, public official. Uh, he basically runs this town almost like he's the mayor, but he I don't think he actually he's isn't he like a bail bondsman or something. Sort of, he's he seems like sort of an official in one capacity or another, but, but I don't, I don't even know. I don't really, even know if he. Yeah, I don't even know if he has a real job. He's just um, a guy that that uh, you know he's got this this a certain amount of power, and everybody knows that he's the go to guy. But it's it's a really good movie, really complex, and you know, lots understated of, lots of, and yeah, and, yeah, like um, slowly paced and. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I it's it's unfortunate that Jason Miller didn't do more um, leading performances because, well, he, he fucked across the devil, and that's what yeah. happened. Yeah, <laughs> crossed the devil, and he he opened uh, one too many bottles. And it also has um oh what the, that the chick that was the Lee or the not you know the main chick in uh, Rolling Thunder with William Devane. She's kind of always plays kind of redneck white trash kind of a you know girl, but she's she's uh, good in this. Mm-hmm. Jaw, jaw. Nice. Uh, so my number one and two, I I, I had a tough time deciding which one was going to be which. Um, so we'll just say that they they can be interchanged. But I'm going to stick with my uh, original, gut. my gut, my number two. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of guts, my number two. <laughs> Um, an ex-prize fighter turned longshoreman struggles to stand up to his corrupt union bosses. <laughs> oh, so fucking good. Marlon Brando, Carl Malden, On the Waterfront. Uh, uh, that uh, may possibly be my favorite fucking movie. Uh, yeah, this, yeah, it's damn good. This, is, uh, this was gifted to me by the Some lovely sh- Dr. Zom. Um, I watched it eating a... Uh, butter pecan ice cream sandwich at the beach. <laughs> it's awesome. Everything that Loaf watches, there's like he can vividly remember like uh, three years if ago. It, I watched it eating a uh, cream push up. Um, it was Brando's so fucking cold. good at this. What's that? <laughs> Brando's so fucking good in this, and I really love some of the shots with Malden and stuff as the as the preacher and. Uh, this was this was just a fantastic movie. I want on that beach trip. I watched this and Rafifi, and um, I watched quite a few things all there together. And it was uh, it was a good pigeon trip for a pigeon. But um, I think of uh, I think of my top five. I think I think they earned like four hundred Oscars between <laughs> something. But um, you know, so I, I'm not stretching that far. But um, uh, Elia Kazan, Kazan, uh, you can definitely see his politics leaking through and i'm all right with that um you know we did his uh what panic in the street we've done a couple of his movies panic in the streets and uh baby doll we've done on the show so i guess we'll have to get to this one but um this is a fucking classic man i was uh i don't know why i've never gotten to it 
Uh, well, it's kind of one of those ones that, that it's like, um, oh, what's the, the goddamn Jimmy Stewart Christmas movie? It's, it's a wonderful, wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. I mean, I still haven't seen that. It's one of the, I think it's some, some of these ones that are, that are multi Oscar winning movies that, that are held up so high and everything. You're mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, eh, you know, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Well, they're just, I don't know. Sometimes I think people kind of put stuff like that on hold just because it's too mainstream or too, yeah. you know, it's an obvious choice, but it's still fucking good. If you haven't seen yeah. it. No, I'm like that. I'm I'm sitting on a huge stack of stuff like that. I mean, I, I still need to see on the waterfront. I did do Panic in the Streets last year. Uh, it's it's on my top fifty. It didn't make and uh, yeah, and I mean, uh, uh, Brando is just phenomenal in this. Um, I he he's he was good when he would be kind of over the top and stuff, but he's very muted in this, and which I really liked. Um, well, him, uh, and Carl the, uh, Carl Malden, uh, they did this. They did. Um, one eyed jacks and they uh and um streetcar named desire so there's three fucking really good movies those yep. two guys worked well together I, I don't know if they were actually like you know good friends in real Buddies life or something what, yeah but, uh, but yeah check this one oot definitely oot. um awesome time for number ones i wonder if i could find like a drum roll here hang on just here, do it on your here, belly here's a good one hang on <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> your number, <laughs> CDR, your number one. <laughs> number one, My number one, first is time view of 2013. Uh, yeah, no, no. I did watch White Lightning not too long ago, and I loved it, but it didn't yeah. make it. Um, Aww. my number. <laughs> you make Gator cry. Um, <laughs> it's kind of fitting that uh, Hal Ashby's uh, Coming Home came up earlier because this uh, it, it has a dedication to Hal Ashby at the ending. And uh, it is 1991, uh, Sean Penn, The Indian Runner, oh, starring yeah. Viggo Mortensen and David Morse, among right others. Charles Bronson, yeah. Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper as very a bad man. He's a bad guy. Um, but yeah, this, this is one of those movies that uh, there's something about, you can, you can feel that sort of like he dedicated this movie to Hal Ashby and John Cassavetes and you can see that influence all over this movie because it has that sort of, I don't know, I don't know if it's handheld or how, how he shoots it, but it feels like he manages to bring you really into the moment in this movie and it, for me, it's the best sort of uh, sort of coming home from war movie that I've ever seen because Viggo Mortensen is just fucking electrifying in this movie. Like every scene that he's in, you're waiting for him. Like he's seething the entire take movie. Take all his clothes off and jump on you. Know, yeah, he, he's waiting to get nude <laughs> show, and run around. Show with off his, his little owner. tail. Yeah, he fucking just wants dick to just flopping around. He just wants that. He just wants to run free with that hard. What's, dick. what's the name of this one again? I need to write it down. <laughs> the Indian Runner. Indian uh, this is Sean Penn's uh, debut, and it's uh, strangely enough, it's, it's um, he wrote it, and it, it's based on a Bruce Springsteen song. Nice, but it, it's sort of that rural America, 
like the one son goes off to war, the other one stays home, uh, becomes the the local. I think he's a deputy or a sheriff. I think he works his way up to sheriff. And you know the the younger brother, he he was sort of the wild card of the family, and the war only made him wilder. And he just can't fucking. There's moments where you can see him trying so hard to settle down and work his way into sort of the uh, you know the prototypical american concept of having a family and and living the day-to-day and working a job and he just can't fucking do it because he's so separated from that concept at this point like he just he can't he can't settle he can't settle down at all and i mean i i mean that that plays into the title of the movie and the the whole sort of uh, hypothesis of the movie behind it. He, he, there's a lot of dialogue about that and and how it, he's just like he's he's a he's a wild man and he can't fucking do it. And Did Springsteen write a fucking song for this or there it was? It, it's based, based on, on a, song. it's based on a Springsteen Highway song. Patrol or something. like Yeah, that. something like that. I can't remember the name of the song. Um, yeah. So I, I haven't it, seen this in a long time. It, it's a movie that. I'm I'm not ashamed to admit I fucking cried like a baby at the end. I just nice. fucking like. Th- there's a scene towards the end with Viggo Mortensen in a bar, and his uh-huh. face is covered in blood, and his brother is begging him to just fucking get it together, and he can't do it. And it's I don't know, it just fucking it did it for me, man. Like it, there's no other movie from the '90s that sort of encapsulates that that raw '70s feel. Uh, like this movie and I mean I like Sean Penn but and I've seen every other movie that he's done but uh, for some reason I hadn't seen this one and and man it really fucking stuck with me very nice Jake well (laughs) (laughs) your number one sir Isaac Florentine 2008 (laughs) Well, you Undisputed too. Um, oh, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chris was talking earlier. You know, we all. It, what what more could be said about Stanley Kubrick than hasn't already been said, and what he brings to cinema and the language of cinema? And um, my number one movie is Goon from 2011. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's uh. uh my delivery, man. I, my <laughs> delivery is impeccable. Um, you had me going. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, I've seen this movie, like, at least ten times this <laughs> past year. I've watched this movie so many fucking times. I listen to it while I'm at work because I've seen it so many times. Um... I just think about certain lines in the movie and I'll just laugh to my stupid fat ass at work. (laughs) Um, People think I'm a lunatic. Uh, It's just, I don't know. It's not even like it's, it's obvious. It's a flawed comedy in many ways, but it's just, it's just, (laughs) waka waka. It just fucking worked for me, man. It's um, awesome. I don't know. It's just, it's just really funny and uh, it really gets to me. And this was really before I even got back into hockey. So it's not even like that. That's what carried it for me. It's just, um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's funny, dude. That's I, my I number one movie. I'm not a big fan of uh, sports movies, but I love that movie. I yeah. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. There's fucking, uh, the, the Russian guys, 
talk about, I'm going to skull fuck your mother. You know, and, uh, <laughs> the, the one guy, you know, uh, I've got two things to say. Stay away from my Percocets. And do you have any more fucking Percocets or something like that? <laughs> they, they really make Canadians seem like a bunch of fucking scumbags. Uh, well, they, yeah. they, so the, <laughs> they oh, refer to Belchi as uh, someone from Regina. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Regina, of course. Yeah, he's from Regina. I think he smokes <laughs> or he huffs paint or something like that. <laughs> um, Which is, you know, I don't want to say anything, but it's kind of accurate. Well, it's, it's Saskatchewan. <laughs> I mean, what's in Saskatchewan? Saskatoon in Regina? That's about it all. Yeah. So, uh, Regina. Yeah, I love it. And obviously, Zom is a fan of the, uh, the um, gender politics in this film. <laughs> oh my god, so fucking good. The old Allison Pill. You know, you know there's a new old nudes of Allison Pill popping around on the internet, right? Really? Yeah. Hey now. Uh, you know, one of those uh cell phone leakage things. But that's if anything can be remembered about my contribution to the show, it's me talking about Allison Pill's tits and that they're on the internet. <laughs> Because nice. my list is dog shit, but that's a okay. plus plus. We expect plus. nothing more. Exactly. Yeah. Zom. Well, <laughs> it is time for <laughs> for your number one. Sounds like Gonzo and his chickens. <laughs> uh, my number one. Well, number one B would be Goon <laughs> because I have also watched that thing fucking about. I don't know. I would say probably 20 times at least now. <laughs> I fucking love that fucking movie. It is so hilarious. And um, But you, did you see it for the first time this past year? Yeah, I think so. Oh, there you go. Well, I yeah. fucking forgot. Like Have I said, you seen like, the FUBAR movies, Zon? No. Uh-uh. You should check those out. You should yeah, check you those really out. Do they make yeah. Canadians seem fucking really stupid? Yes, yep. they do. Yeah, they awesome! <laughs> In a way you would imagine. I think they've got the sequel up on uh, Netflix, possibly. Maybe they already took it down. Either way, you should keep talking. Oglethorpe? Um, <laughs> no, um, my number... Is this number one? Number one. From 1973 uh, is Save the Tiger, uh, directed by John G. Avildsen. Starring Jack Lemmon. yeah. Uh, this is one that I wanted to do on the show, and we ended up doing some time stalker Philadelphia experience. Philadelphia experience. Uh, I wanted to do this and Missing, which are two Jack Lemmon movies that are fucking awesome. Uh, this one got some Oscars and some shit. Uh, it's not what I expected. Um, I have, uh, I think, on one of the other shows uh, when I was talking about why I picked. Philadelphia Experiment and Time Stalkers. I mentioned uh, why, uh, you know, and uh, talked about this movie a little bit. Nothing, it's nothing what you would expect. It's kind of, um, I don't know if I would say it's sort of similar to Nickel Ride, and it's kind of a, an nipple. understated nipple ride uh, okay. when you sit on the girl's face and her tongue's up her, your butthole. <laughs> And but you're tapping your dick on her chest like one of those uh, things. You're tapping out SOS with your penis on her chest. 
Uh, is that what a nipple rod is? While you're grabbing her nipples and like, pulling them up like reins to a horse. <laughs> yeah. You guys have never done anything fucking like that. Uh, this is really good, and uh, I, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll probably be talking about it on the show sometime because I want to re- I want Loaf to watch it because it's that good. Nice. All right. It's real good. All right. Not me. My I don't want one. you to watch it. Should I Burt roll myself? Here we go. Yes. <laughs> My throughout through the entire thing. Yes, yeah, so I'll turn it up really loud too. Here we go. <laughs> um, sounds like a gaggle of fucking geese or a thing of turkeys or something. So, so on my uh, again on my shame list, my 100% of my list of shame from 2013 made it into my top 20 of the first time views this year. Um, this one um, has been mentioned already. Yeah. Um, it is about uh, an, an angel. Helping a compassionate but despairingly frustrated businessman by showing him what life would have been like if he never existed. What? Directed by Frank Capra. Scrooged. James Stewart. <laughs> Jimmy Is that Stewart. Nicholas Cage movie. Donna Reed. Recent yes. Okay. City of Angels. City of Angels. Um, uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Um, yay! It's not often in my uh, my cold, jaded heart that I have to stop <laughs> movies to wipe my eyes, but this oh happened God, in this one. You guys are the biggest bunch of fucking pussies. <laughs> I fucking just, I, I wept in this one. This is a fucking fantastic movie. Um, Stuart is as charming as ever. Donna Reed was how really come, hot. How come we always get the big buildup when you guys are talking and you'll be like, I don't usually cry. I no, I do. No, I, do I, I cry all the time. <laughs> but I cry, it's every I cr- fucking movie that you talk about. No, you yeah, I, I, didn't cry. I cry 95% of the time. Every no, day. The, yeah. I, I, I get quarantine what, movies. And- when I say, I, and I, didn't, I, I never said I never cry. I said I never have to like pause movies to wipe my eyes to cry. Uh, that, 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 it happened with this one. was up in your eyes? From- I was jerking off so hard but when he Jimmy was trying Stewart. to jump off the bridge. Jimmy Stewart? <laughs> Find him sexy. I don't know. He never. He didn't. He's not a very like. He didn't seem like a sex symbol. A lot of the guys in the in the the forties fifties actors didn't. He'd be the kind of guy that like the the you know that, that he'd be married for like a hundred years and to the he same woman was. all that shit. But I yeah. just don't know if if women. We need to have some of our female fans, which there's like two of them, uh, call in and let us know <laughs> if they would fuck Jimmy Stewart. Now, but right he second. Been a fucking freak. <laughs> I bet it William did airplane glue with fucking Henry Fonda. Uh, but does, I mean, oh, you know, <laughs> this uh, this movie again. You know, it's 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 one of those ones you put off and put off for whatever reason. It's uh, but it's it for good reason. It's uh, it's it's one of the it's one of the more famous ones. It's um, you know, he's it's this family. He's he's gotten stuck, and you know. And, I, I like I like when a, a character in these types of movies I can relate to in certain ways. And there's you know everybody has that time in their life where they feel like they are, you know, you make a sacrifice here and there, but it ends up you you end up kind of compounding issues and you can get stuck places. And that that kind of what is what this talks about. But it's it's kind of looking past all that and 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 seeing that maybe where you are is all right too. Um, 
it's just it's a heartwarming story, but it's I mean it has sad moments definitely. Um, Gloria Graham is also in it and is also hot. I watched her recently in another <laughs> another movie. She but any um, nip slips or upskirt shots or anything on the internet. Ah, uh, they didn't really do that too much back then. Um, not in this movie, definitely. But cunny but flops. She, uh, they used to call them cunny flops. Cunny <laughs> flops. <laughs> back in the day. Mm. It's when the cunny flops out. <laughs> it, makes, it, makes a, it makes a sound of baloney hitting the tile floor. <laughs> and on that note, that is our top 20. My number one is Lone Survivor starring Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. I was watching that the other day and some asshole was texting me and I fucking shot him in the chest. <laughs> hey, motherfucker, what? I'm watching Mark Wahlberg. So many, so much rolling fucker. down cliffs in that movie. Awesome. Um, thank you. Thank you guys for coming on our show. We're not going to do any feedback this week. We're, we're, we're running along. So um, we'll get to the feedback eventually. We'll pile it up and have a good feedback show. Um, and uh, I don't know exactly what we're going to be doing next week. I think we'll probably do a Dolph and a, and a Henry Silva movie because this episode is going to be 125. So Let's usually get on to our, that time, yeah, this was mm. this is 125. So we'll be a, we'll be a, a week late, but I think we'll do a a Dolph and a and a Silva next week. So, but uh, CDR and uh, and Jake, thank you guys very much for joining yeah, us here. We had a lot of fun. And critique your podcast. Yeah. Send you some constructive criticism. <laughs> Enough with the politics, motherfucker. Yeah, knock it off, shithead. What do you think you two eggheads are doing? But yeah, look for look for their uh, Muscle Wolf uh, podcast <laughs> very soon. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a name um, that I think that sounds like a good name. So, uh, well, does anybody have any final thoughts on our lists here? Ah, man, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. uh, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Until next week, this is Bert and Loaf. Boot. Chicken boot. Sit down, boot. Bye. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs>